hey, we got a whole intro, but um, this was a long show. So I had a thought, what if we split it up over two days? And then I had another thought, which was, hey, if this is too long, you can just pause it and listen to the other half tomorrow. Yeah, we, that seems that works too. We've yeah. got you segments. You to listen to it all at once. Yeah, I, we have yeah. that in mind with our segments. We think you like listen that. Listen to the first half and yeah. then, you know. Don't forget the next day, though. You got to move it down on the playlist. Puerto Rico. I will go till you tell me to stop. I'll just be your secret lover. Okay, something a little different today to open the show. Okay, what you got? Got a lot of good feedback on my um, game show announcer voice from last week. (laughs) And um, I'm not going to be doing that, but it did make me feel inspired to why why save the games for the end of our Friday show? Why not start start today with a with a game? Okay. Uh, I think at the end of this, we're going to need a palate cleanser of a clip. So I'll still have an opening clip for us. But do you want to play a game? Do you want to play a game? I do. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. Um, So you might have already seen it, but I have a a game for you. It is. I'm going to read quotes to you. I'm going to read you two quotes. And you're going to have to tell me which one is Rudy Giuliani. Because we are a Rudy Giuliani theme podcast. Right. Uh, So. So. What I'm going to give you two quotes. One of them is going to be Rudy Giuliani from the uh, sexting or mm-hmm. phone sex transcripts. <laughs> right. And the other quote is going to be a line from one of the predators in To Catch a Predator while they were um, on, oh, on the online chatting, you know? <laughs> this is going to be fun. I'm excited. So the best part about this game is that whether you get it right or wrong, I get to play my clips from the... Um, uh, to catch a predator, which I love these. Mm. You like how about this? How one? do you feel about sex? Sweet, that's that Let's one. Uh, I guess you're going to tell me next that this is the very first time you've done something like this. Uh, that's uh, that's not Rudy Giuliani. I should have used that I, one. That's, I I'm actually more uncomfortable reading the Rudy ones than the teacap ones. <laughs> that's Whew. not surprising. Okay, all right. Oh God, what should I? Oh yeah, well, I almost had. Okay. Oh God, this is so uncomfortable. This is not a way to bring people into a show. <laughs> And yet here we are. All right. Uh, you like to have sex with older guys. Okay. Or, or I need a little time with my girlfriend there. Uh, I need a time with my daughter. Yeah, my girl. Uh, I think the older guys is Rudy. So what's it? I You like to have sex with older guys? Yeah, I think that's Giuliani. There's a lot of sound. You like to have sex with older guys. Oh, not Rudy. Oh, that's to catch not, a predator. That's oh, to catch no. a predator, yeah. So that means Rudy Giuliani did say... I need a little time with my girlfriend here, with my daughter. Yeah, my little girl. Rudy Giuliani, the mayor of 9-11, did say that. That's fucking creepy. It's really creepy. It's not going to get better than this. Um, Would you let me lick you everywhere? Mm -hmm. Or, come here, big tits. Your tits belong to me. Okay, I know this one. Yeah, the tits, scream and try the to tits is Giuliani. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So let's see. That's This is... Would you let me lick you everywhere? That was not Rudy Giuliani. Okay. <laughs> right. So is uh, so you would, would you also guess that give them to me? I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. These are my tits. You're saying that's Rudy Giuliani and not uh, you say you're looking for hot sex. Yeah, that the tits one is definitely Giuliani. That okay. that stuck out of me. Uh, well, <laughs> got to me when I read the uh, transcripts. Yes, you say you're looking for hot sex. Okay, You're right. Okay, um, okay. How about this one? Just rough sex. I want to pretend you didn't want it and stuff. That's gross. Uh, or Matt Damon is a at three letter F word. Matt Damon is also five two. Eyes are blue. Coochie 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 coo. 
God. Okay, the first one is Giuliani. Uh, the second one was Giuliani. Wait, the, you think the that whole la- wait the, the Matt Damon is a oh the Matt Damon one is Giuliani. So Matt Damon is a Fagatoga. Matt Damon That's- is also five two eyes are blue coochie 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 coo. That is Rudy Giuliani. What did I say? You say you're looking for hot sex? Is that what I said? I want it to be rough. Rough oh sex. yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, like Alan. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. yeah. So just rough sex. I want to pretend you don't want it and stuff. Uh, yeah, no, that's not Rudy Giuliani. Just rough sex. I'd want you to resist and pretend oh, you didn't want it God. and stuff. Okay, I got one more. I swear, Giuliani said something similar <laughs> to that, though. I'm really sure. Pretty sure. All right, but this close. one's going to be a tough one. Okay. 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 All right. Like, give me a second to make sure I got the right ones for you. Okay, I've got. I'll make it feel really good for you, hun. Or Jewish men have small cocks because they can't use them after they get married, whereas Italian men use them their whole lives so they get bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Which one of those is Rudy Giuliani? I gotta say, it's the cock one. Uh, I'll make it feel really good for you, Ron. Oh, how about this one? (laughs) I'm big. (laughs) Giuliani said that. That's wild. Yes, but this is like a fifth grader's understanding of anatomy. It's like if I pull on it, it'll be bigger. (laughs) (laughs) We keep using them so they get bigger. You know, that's how that works. I wish. (laughs) I've been trying. (laughs) All right. All right. Palette cleanser, palette cleanser, Alan, and then we'll start a fucking show. Okay. Okay. This is uh, just a funny song. Thank God. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Ben Wonders for sending this one in. Thank you, Ben. We're in the bathroom line at a party You step inside, it smells like someone just took a poo You know you didn't do it, but it smells so gnarly That whoever walks in next is gonna think it was you So you step outside, waving your hand near your nose And you point over your shoulder saying that wasn't me But they think that you're lying, sometimes that's how it goes They all think that you pooped while they were waiting Y'all let me in this damn house. Should we hit record? Yeah, one, two, three. All right, you ready? I am ready. Are you recording? Yes. (laughs) You want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. I no offense taken there. Well, it sounds like not taken. The internet's only debate and her event show. I'm sorry, I took a shot that was straight gas, and it is stuck in me. But your host, Dustin and Allen, the internet's only debate and current event show. Two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's big damn band for the use of their song "Ways and Means" for our intro music. Thank you for joining us. The time of this recording. It is Tuesday, August 8th. It's a beautiful day, as no effects would say. 2023. It's a great day for America. (laughs) We are two coastal elites. 
coming to you from the shores of the mighty Cumberland, all the way to the Pacific waters of El Cerrito, California. Here to recap another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. You can support Nuntaken by subscribing to us on uh, all the platforms. I'm sure you subscribe. That's how you found us. But if you're new to the show, first of all, thank your friends because that's how you found out. And uh, follow us on our socials. Everything except uh, Troth Central, which I can't seem to find in the moment. That's fine. Uh, if you want to support the people to help us, head on over to SlickIt'sDigital.com. SlickIt'sDigital for all your SEO and marketing needs. I know I'm, it's early for the hell yeah, but it's appropriate. We do the hell yeah there. Hell yeah. Right, not back back to us. <laughs> or head over to edible edibleArrainments.com. So if you know how to spell Oedipus, Oedipole, Oedipole Arrainments, it's a tricky one. Both words are not spelled normally. But if you go if you type in edibleArrainments.com, it'll take you to our merch store. Or you can go to fungiblenuntakens.com, or you can go to Teespring and find none taken as a brand there, but it's all full of hyphens. If you think Oedipole's hard to spell, where do you figure out all the hyphens and colons and slashes, okay? <laughs> Alan! What, what is, is up? up everybody yes, we have such a good show for you thank you for joining us no, those are your words hey. we're both we're both super excited for this show it's gonna be I a good am. one I um am. yeah <laughs> can we make it any harder for people to find our merch like <laughs> jesus oh man what is up everybody welcome to the you, show are you saying the mostly men that listen to this show aren't familiar with how to spell oedipus I find no, that I'm hard sure to they're. believe. Maybe That's, arraignments. Yeah. Oh, arraignments the arraignments part. Yeah, I don't know. Might I've got a bunch difficult. of hoodlums and delinquents. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here we are. Another day, another show. Um, I had a pretty good week last week. I uh, I finally got to go see Oppenheimer. I know ah, you did as well. Yeah, it was Oppen time this weekend. Yeah. We'll talk about that, of course, on the Friday show as far as a review. But I will say I had a lot of fun. I got to see it in IMAX. Yes, I'm so happy. Was it 70 millimeter? Yes. <sighs> There's only 19 of those. They, they, people in our theater drove down from Indiana. No kidding. Yeah. Not kidding. Yeah. Um, it was, the sound was amazing. Too. Yeah, it, was, it really it was. was. Did you look up really and you're like, good. oh, the speaker's right there. Holy fuck. Yeah. Oh, and I got a really good seat. It was like halfway up and right on the aisle. Oh. It was perfect. I don't think people think of the aisle as being a good seat, but it is. I like yeah, the yeah, aisle. Yeah. You, yeah. You want to get up and go to the bathroom. Perspective's kind of weird on the IMAX though, right? It took you a little bit for your mind to correct it. Actually, no. Because I was far enough back that I could just, mm. I could see the whole screen without having to tilt my head. I didn't have to so. tilt my head, but it was like the prescription. It, it was almost, we're not doing the movie review. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, what else? Oh, I um, Tim's girlfriend had a um, was house sitting for some friends here in El Cerrito. Actually, she invited literally you over? like two, two like two blocks from where I live. <laughs> so I went over there. We hung out. We That's played cool. some games. We watched some soccer. Was Tim there? Saturday. Yeah, Tim. Was okay, there. Tim and his Tim and his uh, his girls were there. Okay, um, girls. We had a great time. Okay, got his it. daughters. I, I, you know what? Bad friend. <laughs> unaware. Move on. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyways, had a great time. How about you, my friend? What did you get? Uh, I got a lot of notes in here, but I don't have a whole lot to talk about. I, I, we had a mouse in the house. Natasha texted me midday Friday. She's like, there's a mouse in the house. I'm like, I can't fucking, like, it's just, I need to deal with what I'm fixing right now. So we got a bunch of glue traps Friday night, and we killed that motherfucker this weekend. It was very sad. It was sad. Because they look at you with those yeah. big eyes, like, please take me off the glue trap. And I'm like, I, I can't. I know. Sorry. God, it yeah. feels so icky. I, mean, yeah. I haven't had to use one of those in a while. But yeah. I remember but, the last time I did, it just felt gross to, like, I don't know. Yeah. Because they're know. still alive. Usually. I know. You'll be fine, though. Yeah. And it's what good. am I going to do? Take it outside and hit it with a hammer? <laughs> right. Drop a cinder block on it? You know, you just... Pergosian style? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we got rid of the mouse in the house. Um, yeah. We went to a comedy show on Friday. It turns out there's a fucking uh, tap room like 
three miles from our house. It's a little further than that, but like next time you're here, we'll go. Um, there's a brewery there and they do comedy once a month on Fridays there. Nice. So that was fun. It was like some local comics. They were very funny. Um, I think the guy's name that I'm thinking of is a guy named Brad Sativa, probably not his real name. He, uh, he had a joke about Joe Biden. I'm not going to tell his whole joke, but basically it was, you know, how, you know, we always complained that we knew it was going to be Kamala because he said it was going to be a woman and a woman of color. Right. And he said he knew it was going to be a black woman as soon as he saw Joe sniffing everybody's hair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's a hair sniffing contest he's going good. for the black woman <laughs> pretty good can i touch pretty it good. can i touch it i want to touch it so far it's like a cop's gun it's like i know i'm not supposed to but i really want to touch her hair oh god okay all right uh yeah saturday we went to oppenheimer i'll save the review for later suffice to say for now it wasn't a bomb that's good that's good to hear alan <laughs> Mullen. oh Oh, I see, I see what, what I did, did there. there. I see what yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we went to uh, Friday or Saturday night. We went to, there was this uh, brewery in town that was doing a tiki themed, like, seventh anniversary. So, me and Natasha, you know, we're pretty deep in the tiki stuff. So, we went, yeah. we showed up in our matchy matchy costumes or, you know, clothing, and uh, nobody else was dressed up. Nobody else wore anything tiki. They had shit for decorations. Um, they were supposed to have vendors, and they were dog shit vendors. And the band sucked. We walked in as the band was doing their cover of Santeria. It was just like fucking sublime. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> wow. Was this Southern California? Sounds like a bad night. Yeah, it wasn't that much fun. We went home. It was yeah. a good night. I don't know. We watched some TV. I'm not sure. I'm not going to tell you yeah. everything about it Saturday. Uh, Sunday, we went down to our friends in Murfreesboro who were having a pool party. And all I have as a note is Murfreesboro trash. People in Tennessee would get it. Um, you won't get it, but think of this. Um, think of the people that got priced out of, for me, I'm going to use San Diego, San Diego as an example. So people that got priced out of San Diego and moved to Santee, that's fine. But then they're like, then there's people who are like, well, Santee's too expensive and I don't want to move to Alpine. And at the price that I can live in Alpine, I can just move to Tennessee. So those people come to Tennessee and move 45 minutes away from the, the closest big city in another fucking city. Like you can live in, you can live outside of Nashville. You don't have to live in fucking Murfreesboro. Like it's just, it's, I hate Murfreesboro. It's just, it's I've never crazy. even heard of it. It sounds so, it sounds like uh similar to like maybe people in the Bay area. It's like Tracy. You know, like Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but smaller. And it's, well, it's like, like Temecula or... for Southern California people. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. There's a Brentwood out here. There's also Brentwood in L.A. That's where O.J. killed his wife. I feel like there's Brentwoods everywhere. I know. Right? I wonder what oh, the Brent entomology is in there. Can you stop touching things? I can't select it when you do that. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, he has his cursor all over my comedy clips. Alan, can we get to the comedy clips? <laughs> Let's do it. Right. Let's do uh, it. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Am I going to play three fucking clips from Thrash? I was supposed to trim these out. Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? There's only seven clips. We're doing seven clips. Thrash yeah. with a three-peat here. Uh, the Trinity test, we'll call it keeping it oppen themed uh i was upset he didn't say it's oppen time that really bothered me like oh when he uh when he dropped the bomb do you remember you watched seinfeld right you remember seinfeld of course you yes. remember when george at the theater in the really silent part when he shouts something out in the theater i don't know if you remember it so when he dropped the bomb i was so tempted to go that had to hurt <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do it that would have been so good though right it would have been good. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's play the real comedy here. This is uh, motherfucker. They don't put the guy's name in it. I don't know who it is. I'm sorry, but um, it'll be funny. Girlfriend's also gender fluid. Does anyone here know what that means? Gender fluid. Okay, cool. Some people do. Some people don't. In case you guys don't know what that means, gender fluid. It means sometimes she identifies as a man, 
and sometimes she identifies as a woman, uh, which I think is great because sometimes I get to hit her. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Comic's name is Alan Fitzgerald. They didn't tag him, but he complained about it, and he's the top comment, so good for him. Uh, Alan Thanks. Fitzgerald, one L, two A's, um, in an order that you would expect, actually, so... You know, you can figure it out. Uh, we've got. Uh, I just the, like his spelling. I know you don't. Wait till you see Barbie. <laughs> You're not going to like the representation that you get when they spell your name right. I'll tell you that much. Mm. Um, oh, these are. This is like. There's a lot of podcasts that have like a theme where they just like tell jokes to each other. They make each other read jokes. Um, uh-huh. I get these videos, and when it's just like straight up clips from another podcast, I don't really want to play it just because. Not like it's competition. It's just it feels weird to transition from yeah, this to a joke. Con- yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, but this one was really funny, so I'm playing this one. Girlfriend dressed up as a policewoman and told me I was under arrest on suspicion of being good in bed. After two, after two minutes, all charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, they're Aussies, so you know we, we, this is a this is a cunt theme podcast. Um, oh, and I got a January sixth joke from what comic? I don't know. This is from Gray West. Gray, yeah, G R A Y, yeah. Hair, he has all the color in his hair. Though, so I'm warrior. She called me on January sixth. I know. She said, "Gray, tell me Sorry. you're not at that capital." <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but he appears to be a gay man. I'll say based on his um, the height of the yeah. heels on his boots. And his uh, leather. Oh, you can see this now. I forget. I can see well, this. Yes. It was easier when I was describing it. To his you overall this. demeanor. Yes. 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 And I think he's going somewhere with it. <laughs> he's just walked into the corner now. Mom, there's not a queer within a thousand feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. But could you imagine? <laughs> what if the gays were in charge of planning January 6th? I hate those clack fans. I gotta say, like, I am not a fan of the noise that makes. But you know, some I things just aren't not funny. Either. You know, that's fine. It doesn't. Everything <laughs> is very funny. Me. Yes, uh, Slicket sent this in. Uh, oh, this lady's hilarious. So um, the 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 catchphrase of this is "poor fat." It's a good time to be a chubby woman, though. I'll give us that. We have the body positive movement. Yeah, kind of. Like, we have plus-size models, which is great, but then they're all hot, so I don't give a shit. I don't care. They all have, like, big boobs and a big butt, and you see them, and you're like, oh, you're not the ones we're worried about. You know, you can live your life. You're a Pornhub category, because they're never, like... There's not a nice way to... They're never, like, poor fat. You know, just that lumpy state fair grit to them where they're like an American fucking fat person, you know? All the plus size models are like what I like to call rich fat, which you just kind of swell like a banker, you know? They're just like an oil baron in a World War II cartoon. They're like sturdy and smooth like an egg. It's not natural. And they have a smug look on their face like, oh my God, 
Did I eat too many chocolate croissants? <laughs> you, dude. Show me, like, McRib fat, you know? That's good shit. I don't care if you're curvy. I want to see, like, loose Walmart all on the shoulder fat, you know? Like a, a real meatball on a toothpick body. Like, like the type of person where you look at him and you're like, oh, I didn't realize it could all go to your neck. That's crazy. Like, that's feminism. It is a good... What was her name? Shit. Uh, it's, uh, it's don't tell comedy because they can't put a fucking, uh, Maddie. That can't be Maddie Wiener, is it? <laughs> Maddie Wiener. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I've never heard of her before. M-A-D-D-I-E. I think the T is a middle initial and then W-I-E-N-E-R. Yeah. She's very funny. Oh, Weiner. No, it's better when it was Wiener. How do you know when it's, is it the first letter gets the pronunciation? So like Seinfeld, not Seinfeld. That makes more sense. Uh, it's English, so it's inconsistent. Yeah. I, it's also minor probably German, too. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Uh, exactly. exactly, sir. Uh, all right. Oh, hey, we didn't play anything from T-Bone last week. I don't know what happened to T-Bone, but uh, I was worried he got his clearance revoked or something. But uh, <laughs> T-Bone's back with a brand new edition. This is Nick Hopkins Comedy. I don't remember what this is about. Get ready, America. Had a job at the Freedom Tower. Oh, Any of you guys been there in the last uh, couple decades or so? <laughs> Oh, so, so here's what you said. Apparently, at the Freedom Tower, they have heightened door security now, like, because of 9-11. It's like, that wouldn't have helped. That's, that's not what happened. Right? They're like, wait a minute. How many planes sneak in here? These aren't businessmen. Look, they're not even wearing ties. They're so stupid. She had a job. No, that was the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> so. I mean, I was a businessman doing business. My hand was already there. It was already there. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky airplanes. Uh, and then Sir Jamie Arturo. That's the name I'm going with. If that's what you put as your Instagram handle. handle I don't know what else to call you. Uh, he pointed out that last week we played that clip from... Um, remember we played that clip about the guy who found out that his mom was in Hiroshima? Yes. Yeah. And he's like, you know that was Steve Byrne, right? I'm like, oh, comedian Steve Byrne. So, oh, nice. so here's here's a. I was like, well, give me one of your favorite clips of his. Like, I know I've seen a lot of his stuff, but uh, that's kind of embarrassing. I didn't have that. So let's play a Steve Byrne clip from uh, Sir Jamie Arturo. Good listener, good listener. He's always interacting. This is a very hot show. It's such a hot show. I'm going to go home after a hot show like this and give myself a treat, a reward. What would that be? Well, I'll tell you, camera. A bowl of macaroni and cheese. I had mac and cheese last night. Yes. I love it. My favorite part of the meal, not even eating it, preparing it. Do this the next time you bowl. Take a spoon, dip it in your pasta, stir it. Here's the trick. Don't eat it. What? Listen. <laughs> You'll appreciate it that much more when you do eat it. Tease yourself. Take a spoon, just dip it in his... Yeah. Sexy. Oh, I like this. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I got to stop. I get very hungry when I hear that. <laughs> I think everybody likes macaroni and cheese. I'll tell you who loves it. My next door neighbor in my apartment building. This woman, she had a bowl the other night at one in the morning for an hour and 17 god awful minutes. No, I'm sorry. I know, because I have my ear up against the wall. <laughs> and all night long, all I hear. Oh, God. Okay. All right, all right, all right, I'm not going to listen to the rest of it. I don't, there might be another punchline that's worth it, but that's it. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. All right, let's get into our segment. 
because uh, I don't remember if I said this in our real show or if it was right before we turned the mics on. I am so fucking fired up for this week's show. I can't fucking wait. So uh, hell yeah. this was sent in by I'm a sexy toaster on Instagram. Uh, I think it's I'm a sexy toaster five. If you're nasty, uh, sent this in potentially was going to be the show open, but then I thought of that fun game to play instead. And uh, this moved down to its normal spot where we normally play the, um, you know, the homoerotic sports clips. Mm, so yes. this is a golfer named Brooks Kepka. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kepka. So he's saying that by the rule book, golfers are supposed to take a, they're, they're supposed to swing. They're t- supposed to take their shot within 40 seconds and guys are taking too long. And he's complaining about that. And he's like, well, what would you do to resolve that? And he has a creative solution, Alan. Okay. Let's hear it. In the rule book, it says you got 40 shots or 40 seconds to hit your shot or, I think it's what it is. Um, and if you're taking over, technically you're breaking the rules, right? So, I don't know. How would you fix it? Uh, honestly, I'd start stroking guys. So if you're going to take that long, you got to get stroked. Doesn't matter if you're, um, I mean, there's certain circumstances where, you. you know. <laughs> oh, about that? You got to start stroking guys. You got to start stroking guys. Here, maybe, maybe there's. How would you fix it? Uh, honestly, I'd start stroking guys. Oh. If you're going to take that long, you got to get stroked. Yeah. Matter if you're, I mean, that's, uh, that's a universal truth. If it's taken too long, maybe you should, yeah. you know, you might need get to get stroked. stroked. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just something. There's universal it's, truths in life. Perfect sense. Uh, you don't have to be a sports fan to get that. Um, this is, uh, oh, I got a Saturday Night Live clip about uh, the set of um, the CCP building their space Space Station. China has launched the third. <laughs> China has launched the third and final module for its permanent space station. Now all they have to do is launch some children to assemble it. Whoa. <laughs> Damn, and, yeah, I know. Um, oh, you sent this in. Alan sent in this clip about aliens. We did. Uh, you know, we haven't had one of these deep fake voices in a while. Mm, this yes. is uh, Joe Biden. He's, I think he's talking to because. I think nobody told him about the aliens. He's calling Obama to be like, come on, man. I don't know why they won't let me meet the aliens, Barry. I can vibe with anyone on this earth or off of it. Let me deck out Camp David with some LED lights. Get me some NorCal Indica. And within an hour, I'll have those little green extraterrestrials listening to a red hot chili peppers B-side and agreeing to join NATO. Joe, the chiefs of staff know what you do when you meet new people or beings and they can't allow you to very for the last time i have to lick their face to know if i can trust them and yes i might get some kind of space disease but this has never failed me why do you think bitch mcconnell went all parking lot possum at that press conference the other day he knew his salinity was off and he wasn't gonna pass the lick test with old robin Eck. being up to oh evil God. shit throws off a man's flavor berry oh sorry that's my intern hey uh, okay, is is Hayden from Connecticut? Yes. Between you and me, some Air Force official brought him here out of nowhere, no resume or anything. So I think he might be a nepo baby. I don't. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. I didn't make it that deep. It is. It. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that long. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. We got one coming up soon um, where they were clipping the. Remember back? I mean. I feel like six months ago they were clipping the sounds together from other things people actually said. We this this is still yeah. new about like just making this new just voices for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, this next one is about dragons. This is kind of interesting. I feel like this might have been somebody on Joe Rogan. It's a Joe Rogan type thing. They're basically mm-hmm. saying that um, dragons could be real because if they were real, like bird bones don't 
either ossify or like um, they don't fossilize well because they're mostly hollow. Mm, so there's not a lot of bird bones in the fossil records. And dragons obviously couldn't be flopping around with big old heavy bones, right? Of course not. Yeah. So, well, I'm not going to spoil the whole clip. There's a group of people that say that dragons were real, and I'll explain. So around the same time period in, you know, China, South America, Africa, all these different, Rome, all these places, images depicted people fighting dragons, right? And every every dragon was slightly different, but it was all a giant scaly animal that could... I'm just going to say, I'm not an expert on the other areas. I'm not an expert on Rome either. I'm a nerd as fuck about Rome. I don't know shit about no fucking dragons in Roman history. Fly. When you break that down, you think about the fact that large birds had a hard time being fossilized because their bones are so porous, right? So because bones, they have like hollowish bones, they break down very easily and they don't fossilize. The group that says this, basically they're, they're saying the evidence is the reason there's no fossils of dragons is because they had bird bones and they were actually very delicate animals. A small population of these giant li- flying lizards existed and basically encompassed all these different countries where they all depicted fighting dragons in their own way, and they were all killed off by, you know, knights or whatever it is, and then didn't fossilize. What? So it's like the science what? is saying that if there were lizards big enough to fly around and eat people, they it, didn't have bones that could fossilize. So it'd be like an eagle. Right. That's why all these human populations around the world have depictions of them, because they did actually exist. There's a Yeah, well, you know oh, what? Birds aren't real, so what are you going to fucking do about that, eh. huh? How yeah. about that, yeah. indeed? Yeah, since... So you're pointing at some fucking CIA drone surveillance program and backtracing that to say that dragons exist. What's more reasonable here? Something can fly. Yeah, (laughs) there are a lot of myths um, that cross cultures and continents. Uh, This this doesn't surprise us. There'd be another one about dragons. Yeah, yeah, I'm not buying it. But that is an interesting reason, although... uh, Birds still show up in fossil records in other ways, like that Arcteryx uh, or Archaeopteryx. Um, you know, the, you, you have to get lucky. But, I mean, all fossils, you have to be lucky. Pretty okay. much. All right. Yeah. I'm going to play a sound for you. Don't watch. Are you looking? Don't look. Damn it. Is it okay. too late? I won't. Okay. I want you to guess what this sound is. Okay. Uh, Keith sent this in. Anything on that? What did that uh, sound like? like? Like a horse snorting and stomping its feet or uh, okay, something? I don't okay, know. hold on. Get out. Okay, what so about some kind the, of animal? Yeah, what about what kind of what about that early bounce? Did that sound familiar? It sounded it sounded like a snort to me, but No, no, no. Okay, you can watch it now. So okay. this is a man throwing a dodgeball at a bear. Oh, oh I get it. Okay. Get out. <laughs> get out. You hear it now? Go. I, yes, definitely. Uh, Go. Get out of here, Barry. Get out of here. <laughs> he said it worked. Like, so you're out. Like, you got tagged. You should have caught it. If you didn't want to be out, you could still eat my trash if you would have caught it. He's playing dodgeball with Dodge bears. a wrench, you can dodge a ball, Bear. Have you seen this video that's going around with the people at the picnic table where the, the bear, like, sits there next to them and they, they make it a peanut butter sandwich and, like, feed it? I, I need you to not feed into arguments I'm having with Natasha Allen. Okay. So me and Natasha are having a week-long argument about the fact that she listened to a podcast that convinced her that in the middle of the century, people weren't afraid of bears. And, like, people would just, like, you know, there was so much bear... There was so much pro-bear propaganda out there that um, because of, like, Teddy Bear and Yogi the Bear and uh, Mm -hmm. Winnie the Pooh and uh, the gay bears next door... The, uh, the Care Bears. The Care Bears. No, that was a little Berenstain Bears. Don't be silly, Alan. God. 
I'm being oh Berenstain Berenstain Bears. Remember that was a right, was a Mandela effect, Alan. Um, yeah, so she was saying that like they had to like create the whole thing from the park service to like teach people not to be afraid or not to go up to and approach bears. And I'm like, no, there was always crazy people, but it is in our instincts to to see the apex predator of a fucking yeah. Uh, what's that called? biome whatever and like avoid it you know like yeah nobody teaches sure. you to be afraid of a bear like you're just like you're nah, just, yeah it's, that's it's, scary it's, yeah yeah okay i mean grizzly man existed i he was, i uh, know and that's what i'm saying there's outliers there's always that story about people putting always, peanut butter on their baby's face so they can get a picture of the bear licking it it's like do you deserve to the child doesn't deserve to be uh, you okay no i don't know but i'm really upset because natasha's gonna say that she won the argument now so thanks a lot <laughs> uh I think we're doing good on time. Let me play this. 2020, 2004 was a strange time. This is an example of how easy it was to write music in 2004. Alan, you were there. Does this sound like a typical like emo, not screamo, just like regular emo? Uh, I'm so sorry. Right, you got, like that was playing at Bed Bath and Beyond while oh, yeah. we were at work. It sounds like, like Oasis kind of a little bit. Yeah, maybe. sure, sure. Yeah. Coffee shop rock sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. so all the guy's doing is hitting the center button on the autocomplete. I'm glad it stopped. I was like, I'm I'm losing interest in this. But oh wait, wait. Oh, how about that. I mean, that, doesn't he, that sound like so much of that dog shit we had to listen to? It we, definitely does. It was but worse for text- me because I worked back in in receiving, and I just sit there and flip 500 boxes a day, and have no one to talk to, and I just listen to this fucking. Ugh. You had a bad Torture. day, and then I complain about that, and people like, oh, this this actually, I I almost quit this day. I was like, I can't work with people to say things like this. I, I I complained about that song, and my coworker goes, it's the American Idol song, and I'm like. I don't know that. I don't watch American Idol. I have fucking taste. You're making this worse by explaining it. Oh, I remember the year that song was just everywhere, wall to wall. You couldn't oh, escape that song. So fucking bad, dude. Oh. And basically anything by train. Like, just right, anything right. by train. Like, okay. I'm, uh, I'm just going to point out, he must say sorry a lot for that to be one of his... Uh, you're so right. He's perjuring himself, right? Like, yeah, like you were weird. not supposed to admit to what your autocomplete <laughs> says. I'm glad it wasn't. Guess what? Oh! <laughs> it's so weird that button was right there um i got okay what do we got i've got other word oh 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 uh did you listen to the economist every day this week i don't know if you caught this i believe so okay so they were did you, did you listen to the episode where they're like puff piece at the end was about the history of rosé yes, yes okay did you catch the uh did they said other euphemism or not euphemism um synonyms for rosé i remember i wonder if you missed this that it's pink and it's been traditionally marketed as an alcoholic drink for women. It has a few offensive monikers, one of which is bitch diesel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go back here. Because one of which is bitch diesel. Is it bitch jizzle or dress? What's he? Bitch diesel. Isn't it bitch diesel? Bitch diesel. Like, no, it can't be bitch. Like bitch diesel. Bitch. You think he says bitch diesel? Is bitch diesel. It's bitch jizzle. Oh, I'm gonna write "bitch jizzle, jizzle" down because that might be a show title. Show title, yeah. yeah. Bitch jizzle, two Z's, right? L E yeah, or E L? I, I have trouble uh, with L-E. that. L E. Okay, cool. L E. Thanks. I'm I'm gonna be uh, very curious to see what you do with the meme on that. Ah, uh, fuck. 
<laughs> it's just a bottle of rosé with some jizzle. I might have to take my own picture. I don't have any rosé. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of which, uh, this was a potential show opener, but, you know, too, it, was, uh, it was a little too on the nose. Felina's Josh sent this in. Uh, great cover. Turns out the, the how about that segment of this week's show is going to be musically themed. And I, I, like the, I hate this one, but I like this one. Brendan Glass, Brendan Sagalow. Brendan Sagalow on Instagram. Be surprised if I come fast. I just really like you. Excited that you might find my. Just, all right, Alan. If I makes me come. <laughs> you know, you can tell me before. You can be like, you well, know, I'm, I'm not seeing it. I'm waiting for you to go there. All right. Yeah. Can I hit the button? Do you see Hits it? Hit the button. Yes. Okay. Don't be surprised if I come fast. I just really like you. Excited that you might find my thigh makes me come too soon. I just came in my pants inside when we held hands. Man, when we danced, I came too. You're just so beautiful. Your cuticles got me jizzing and singing like a musical. A pain in the ass coming fast inside your booty hole. Now I'm all embarrassed, turning red like a Rubik's Cube. I'm just so sorry, bitch. Google says breathing exercises might do enlighten me. Teach me how to come once you came. Or you could come on time, I'm just saying I'm gonna bum you out Mama said bum you out I'm gonna bum you out So you know, today at work, uh, something came up And I it took everything I had to not uh, Oh wait, hold on Oh, about that, That's over now um, I almost shared a very personal detail That Alan once told me To a stranger on the tech support phone line So I was working on this machine that required a password to get um, to a proprietary password to get into the settings. So I had to call the manufacturer, talk to the guy. He told me what the password was, and it's four, it's four numbers. And he's like, so if you look at that password I just told you, it spells what? And I'm like, no, I, I get it. It spells what? He's like, it spells what? And I'm like, I'm not going to play your fucking game, man. He's like, it spells what? And I'm like, look, I get that this is the best part of your fucking day, but I need to get on to fixing. I swear to God, I said all this. And then like he could, I was saying it so if, like I am right now that he, he got that right. I was joking back. And eventually right, right. I was like, God, there was a moment where I was like, Alan once told me that, my, sorry, my co-host on my podcast once told me that he uses the uh, who's, who's on, on first, first what, what's on second routine uh, to help him buy a little time in the bedroom. But I didn't, I didn't know how to say it without it coming across weird, you know? That's very funny. <laughs> uh, another potential show open. This was uh, uh, Toasty sent this in. We know the first one. I mean, I'm going to skip past the first one because we know we got we got more Kamala Harris in the second half, Alan. Okay. okay. You going to tell me to make sure I got the page ready? That's right. I, I don't have to yell at you. I could just do my side of the show, huh? <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Do not come. I'm going to do it. Yeah, we know about this. <laughs> come on. You don't come. <laughs> Joe Biden said come. We must come together. No, 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 no. I'm going to come. <laughs> so, so dumb. It's the come oh, mashup. It's the come mashup. We got it. Uh, and Love if it. I didn't talk through it, I would have been able to save it. But you know what? We don't need to play the whole mashup every time I fucking say the C word. I got this. Come. I got guess, guess what? what? Jesus said, said that's, that's just, just come. 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 The Holy Ghost coming you. Uh, yeah, I got all of those. <laughs> I think we have enough come clips. Yes. Yeah. I'm just looking at the sheet. Oh, I have new sounds. Let me see. I got. Uh, I'll just be your secret lover. I love that one. I got magnets. <laughs> yeah, bitch! Magnets! I'm probably oh! short. I, got, I definitely need to shorten that one down. Uh, this one's short. I like rape. Oh, right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> bad transition. This is. Uh, I told you it's musically themed. Uh, we have a musician, a, a famous musician, uh, one near and dear to all of our hearts, especially any proud mm. Tennessean, Dolly Parton, doing uh, an interview uh, 
Oh, it's on Letterman. So you remember the top 10 list on Letterman, Alan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always that funny, but there was like one or two jokes in it that was usually good enough. Uh, And the number one wasn't that funny. It was always, it was, a lot of times it was the number two. This one's pretty good though. The number one Dolly Parton pet peeve. Nobody notices I've got a great ass too. (laughs) (laughs) She's the best. She is the best. National treasure. We are so lucky. Yep. Uh, oh, this story, this is a little bit more. We're almost done with how about that. This story could have landed in the isn't that something segment. In fact, I might have just put it in the wrong spot. Um, this is that guy with the wild and crazy hair that always does fun fact. And he looks like he's sitting inside a sauna with his like ah, yes. cedar panels above him. Um, but his stories are good. Uh, so this is a true story that happened in Quebec recently. Somebody was fired for drinking on the job, but they had to hire her back. In fact, a Quebecois trucking company was ordered to rehire a truck driver who was fired after she drank nine beers while driving and crashed on a highway in Pennsylvania. (laughs) The labor arbitrator said the company had wrongfully fired the employee since she suffered from a disability, alcoholism. The trucker was transporting a load from Montreal to Pennsylvania and stopped twice during the drive to buy six packs of beer. She drank nine beers while she was driving and eventually lost control of the truck and crashed, resulting in damage to the truck but causing no injuries. When she was arrested, her blood alcohol level was 0.18, twice the legal limit. The trucker told the company about her drinking problem one week after the crash, and she was fired when she tried to return to work after completing a two-month rehab program. The labor arbitrator told the company they could have installed a breathalyzer in her truck to allow her to return to work, or they could have found other work for her. But the trucking company said she had violated the agreement between the company and the trucker's union that clearly stated the penalty for drinking and driving was being fired. Regardless, the trucking company lost the case and was told to rehire the trucker, but they planned to appeal the decision. Fun fact. All right. um, you know what wow. her problem was? Instead of having nine beers, she should have just uh, done the math on hard liquor and had... Ram it right up her anus! Well, that's what happens when you have four margaritas. <laughs> so she probably wanted to avoid that. She could have done four margaritas. That probably would have been about nine beers, right? Yeah, about the same. Sure. Yeah, but you don't... It, not, there's no telling what happens when you have nine beers. Apparently, when you have nine beers, you crash a semi-truck. I mean, what, what kind of beers are we talking here? These Bud Lights or the... Yeah, you know what? It was in Pennsylvania, either. too. And this just went through the courts. I bet it was in the winter. I bet this had a lot more due to ice and bad drivers on the road. I'm on this trucker's maybe, side. Because she has hard. alcoholism. Yeah. You can't fire you can't her. can't fire her for a disease. <laughs> what fucking world are we in, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it. You know, the, don't, never forget what they took from you. But I mean, like, can we just be serious for a minute? Like, what the fuck, man? What the actual... They had to fire her back. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face, and this is my bit. This right. is a guy doing, uh, you know, you remember that song, Stacy's Mom? Alan, who sang Stacy's Mom? Stacy's Mom. Bet you're going to get it wrong. On. You're going to get it wrong. Everyone gets it wrong. Who sings? Oh, Listeners, shit. try this at home. You'll, who sang the classic song, Stacy's Mom? Scott Agona. I, I can't. Simple plan. I don't. I'm not sure. Oh, that's wrong. You're less wrong than most people. Most people are oh. very confident that it was. Um, Bowling for soup, but who was it really? Fountains of Wayne, duh. Ah, yes, of course. Come on, of course. Yeah, Uh, I did go to a. um, So I have to admit something here. I did go to a bowling for soup. Is it bowling for soup? They did the 1985 song, right? Yeah, that's okay. So I went to a bowling for soup concert. Uh, They were playing with Real Big Fish. And I, I'm going to be even more. I have to make an even deeper confession. I was there to see Real Big Fish. Um, oh, God. Shut up, Alan. Sorry, I got mad. I you know, love, uh, we, Real we Big share Fish. Our tragic personal lives that, here. That sellout album is so fucking good. Also, the concept of selling out 
completely screwed us over in the 90s like we grew like we're doing the show the way we do this because i can't sell out but like everyone born like five years after us is like you have to have a brand you have to be promoting yourself like you know and you know what this is all brido's bit i'm quoting him but you but like now everybody's about like get that bag right right yeah but we were like no you got to be authentic you can't sell out yeah Yeah. right right, right. um it's all to the man yeah anyways uh i was there to see real big fish and 1985 band what um found no jesus i just said it bowling for soup um they were like do you want to hear our famous song uh stacy's mom and everybody went crazy and they're like that'd be cool you should have gone to the fountains of wayne concert that is not us (laughs) but we will play it for you because we're tired of being asked and they did a really good cover this guy's doing his version i have so many questions now for stacy's mom (laughs) stacy's mom why did she come out with just a towel on, towel on? When she knew that kid was gonna mow her grass, <laughs> mow her grass. Stacy's mom is like the people Chris Hansen would catch. I had planned this. Hansen would catch, and I know growing up it was a fantasy. It's a little different now that I'm 33. Stacy's mom should put some clothes on. Here, listen to more of this guy's bit at uh, Will King Music. Uh, Will, two L's, King, it's like, you know, the, the sovereign, and music. Uh, Will King music on Instagram. That guy's great. That was great. Yeah, that was great. Oh, button. And uh, thank you, me, for finding that. Last one, I didn't give way credit earlier. The Dolly Parton one was from Paul, and that's all I got. I think I I gave away Josh earlier. So, all right, um, let's move on to... Isn't that something? Thanks, John Candy. This is... uh, Who sent this in? Thrash sent this in. This is typical liberal bullshit. Uh, Can you tell we're in the uh, Isn't That Something segment? Yeah, getting heavier. Getting heavier, yeah my day off with a hot cup of gender fluid once i decide to be gay i have my first abortion of the day i clean up with some male tears and have a delicious vegan lunch of plain bread then i allow my vaccine to sync with the woke mind virus network so i can get my orders from joe biden like planting illegal documents in trump's house then i do a quick commune with satan finally i spend the rest of my night complaining about how hard my life is and asking for handouts online so i start my <laughs> oh, it's only annoying because she's hitting all the notes and saying right. it in a way. It's like, I'm not hitting you. I'm not hitting you. Maybe you shouldn't have started this. <laughs> okay. All right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's yeah. Good. Uh, some would say they started it and this is now round two. Okay. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it, Dustin. I don't have to self-censor. Uh, okay. Thrash sent this one in too. The note I have is Willie Simmons. Alan, do you know who Willie Simmons is? Name is not... Uh, it feels like it rings a bell, but I didn't know who Willie Simmons was either. Yeah. Uh, I like this kind of redneck. This is only positive as fuck is the account. Uh, I guess that's the guy. Cool. All right, here we go. Sitting here and I'm thinking about how America has held a grudge against black men for over 400 plus years, and we just ignore it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Here's an example. It's Willie Simmons right there. He's 66 years old, never going to touch grass again. He's doing life, no parole. Some of you will watch this and say, ah, well, he is probably a monster, isn't he? Nope. Just a dumbass 25-year-old who tackled some dude and stole nine bucks. Alabama, with its infinite wisdom, looks at Willie with his three previous property crime felonies and says, uh-uh, unforgivable. Logically, 
That doesn't even make sense. And I have taken the time and I have done the math. The man is 66 years old. So that means for each dollar he stole, they gave him four and a half years. And I looked it up and Alabama spends $14,780 per prisoner per year. So that means Alabama has spent $591,200 on a man that stole $9. And that equals just another American, just another black man that we left the fuck behind. Might just be a country boy, but that math ain't mathin'. Even though Alabama has, you shouldn't. Don't forget Willie Simmons. Forgive Willie Simmons. And until we can say it backwards, free Willie Simmons. I'm sitting here in a... Isn't that something? Damn. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's not about the money, Mal. It's, uh, sorry, hold on. Let me do it. I'm do it uh, it's not about the money. It's about the principle. <laughs> we got to lock him away and teach him a lesson. You know what really sucks is that I imagine that's not a unique story. No, that's I the whole point. He picked a guy. There's plenty of people yeah, that are incarcerated exactly. for, for stupid shit for way too and long. And it's not just the South. It's fucking right. Los Angeles, man. Well, and then if the cop does it, they pay him off with the pension. No, 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 nope. That would be outrageous. No, if a cop does it, they pay it off with taxpayer funds. Right. And the taxpayers pay for their pension. Meanwhile, we have the highest percentage of our population incarcerated pretty much of any, I think, country in the world. It's not even Uh, close. Yeah. Yeah. We have private prisons that are for profit. Um, I mean, even like even like the juvenile detention system. Where's that? Where's what do you mean? Was... Even are you talking about Pennsylvania where it was the cash the for cash kids for scandal? Kids? Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a guy in Tennessee who uh, don't think I have a clip for it. It's a guy in Tennessee out like in Crossville or something. And he's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lock them up because these kids need to understand that if they're if they're truant, we uh, we've got to give them a day of hard labor at the recycling center. And he starts talking about how he toured the recycling center. And my brain goes, I remember the cash for kids story. It was, you know, making sure that the guy's business got staffed. That's how they made sure they put kids in the in the juvenile detention center for truancy, things like that. So this guy is not as bad, but he's like, I'll give you a day. I, I can give you a day's labor, man. How many kids do you think go through that judge's court that just happened to deserve, you know, spend a day's labor at his buddy's recycling plant? Mm, yeah. yeah probably not a coincidence thing. right probably not right. it's it's fucking ridiculous it, it is sucks. um let in me play this. The future- I, I got worked up over that last one i haven't gotten over it did you have more you wanted to say did i cut you off completely to rant about it no no i think we covered it i was just gonna talk about the cash for kids system which is essentially the same kind of thing where these judges were profiting by sending kids uh that was for profit they were getting it and, and it wasn't even close it was like good kids that were like yeah. like simple things like posting a, a practical joke or something on facebook yeah um, these are like kids in ap classes not that that makes you right. like good but at least you know you get it. um yeah the uh okay so this guy uh, do you know the name marshall McLuhan? that sounds familiar i can't quite place it right it definitely sounds familiar so though. he was a futurist he was a futurist in well in 1970 he made this prediction, and uh, you know, I think it's it's good to just let the music talk for a minute, or the people talk for a minute. I compose myself. The futurist okay. Marshall McLuhan predicted that World War Three will be a guerrilla information war with uh-huh. no division between military guerrilla guerrilla guerrillas guerrilla information war apes together the strong puts the sticks together apes by themselves weak apes together strong. Ah, yes, I remember. It's information war. I'm sorry. In 70, the futurist Marshall McLuhan predicted that World War III will be a guerrilla information war with no division between military and civilian participation. Instead of sending armies to battlefields... I'm sorry, I'm being silly, but is this sounding familiar? Yes, it is. Okay, all right. 
expresses would launch hybrid warfare, using multiple branches of the media to encircle and attack their oh. victims. That, of course, is exactly what's happening today. Every time we read an article saying that the Chinese killed Hong Kong, that the Chinese genocided the Uyghurs, that the Chinese are aggressive. What is going on here? Not liking the fact about I'm, not, I'm not listening to this pro-Chinese propaganda bullshit. Yeah. That, that guy was a picked, weird that guy, So I put that because it was a good clip about uh, the Marshall McLuhan quote, but I hadn't gone into what he said past the quote. I just assumed I feel it was like, only the quote. I feel like I've heard a podcast very recently talking about his prediction. Well, there's the Einstein quote where it's, I don't know how World War Three will be fought, but I know World War Four will be fought with rocks. Uh, which yeah. is it's sort of an inverse of that or a distillation of it. But I mean, well, no, it's not even the same thing. So, I mean, that feels like what we're experiencing, though, right? Yeah. Culture war, um, you know, information silos, misinformation, disinformation, um, all of that infused into our, our media ecosystem is, you know. Hold on a second. Cracking. Mick Lewin, McLuhan, Lujan, uh-huh. Lujan, L-U-H-A. No, no. <laughs> Luhan, L-U-H-A-N. So he's all about like psyops and stuff, right? What's the name of that uh, psyop in the army? Isn't isn't her name Luhan? L-U-J-A-N. That sounds right. Oh the, man, yeah, these fucking AI. These the, the, <laughs> what is it? The, the simulation. simulation. That's correct. what it is. Yeah. Yep. You just got to look for it. Ask Cody, like, he'll know. I sound like these number people. I actually sent that to Cody. I had that thought a couple days ago. Um, (laughs) I was listening to the Reason interview with Nick Gillespie. Oh, Alan, I've moved on to someone else. I sent you the email. Did you see that? I did see it, yes. Um, So we moved on to someone better than Nick Gillespie anyways. Uh, There's a lady that's been writing some excellent pieces about uh, sex trafficking, sex workers, Backpage especially, uh, Elizabeth Nolan Brown. I just checked. She has not responded to her emails, Alan, but that's okay. You should should clip that... uh that Gillespie thing and then send it to him. Send it to both of them. Be like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, what I figure is what, well, okay, here's the deal. So, um, Elizabeth Nolan Brown has done a lot of articles on Backpage, sex workers, the way that the government has targeted those people. Actually, I'm going to play this clip. that's going to cover a lot of that. Who does uh, she write for? Reason. She writes okay. for Reason. And she... I, I, but, but, you know, a lot of it comes down to free speech, right? Because if you think about it, free speech was, excuse me, Backpage was a free speech platform. If your job is a sex worker and most places won't let you advertise that, you can advertise there. Now, once people meet you and you're in private, if you do something illegal, the authorities can arrest you. But like, you know, it's, it's, it is free speech to say, this is what I do for a living. I think there were either in the House or the Senate, there were a few members who got really worked up about Backpage. No, um, they passed and, the, the they passed those laws yeah, that they used yeah. to put it. They claimed it was it was human trafficking, um, and it wasn't valid uh, sex work. I mean, if I, I've read some about this, um, and a lot of people that work in that industry, because let's face it, the industry is going to exist. Like it's the oldest industry in the world for a reason, right? Um, a lot of people that work in that industry felt like when those things were pulled out from under them, like Backpage, there was another one before it. Um, I forget. Red book, red book or something like that. Um, Rub maps, Alan. Rub maps. <laughs> they said that it actually made them less safe. Yeah. Why? Because they had to go about shady ways of meeting clients. And then they did have this community where they could share and talk about, you know, things that went wrong. Fascination. Somebody was an asshole and then they could block them, whatever. Um, they lost all that functionality of that community when they took away those pages. And also um, something that I hadn't realized until I was listening to this interview. I didn't mean to start playing it. I loaded it. Uh, is that. 
the communities themselves helped police. Yep. They did like it because it gave them easy way to, you know, also that, but, but it's even better. So like, you're like, yeah, they could just go to where they're advertising, go after the people that are are going after them. But there's more to it at internal communications about what the feds were saying about Backpage. Again, the feds, not like uh, I, I don't know, not even like sex workers themselves, but the federal agents were like, yes. So uh, Backpage has been an incredibly valuable resource for fighting off actual child sex trafficking, because to the extent that it is happening on their platform, like they're trying to get rid of it. They're surfacing this stuff. They're being to us. They're sending it. They're being extremely cooperative. And what has happened without Backpage? Well, the feds no longer have that resource. So the people going after the actual bad guys now have lost a tool, lost a, a communications partner that was trying to get this stuff offline and trying. And it's, and it's all just because of like morality and stuff like that in the Senate. Like, because you can't say no to that, right? Like, how are you going to be the person if that bill doesn't pass and your constituents are like, you don't like kids? Right. That's why yeah, you see it, so much of this stuff that's like marginal. Like, you look at it, and you're like, how could anybody agree to that? It's because if if half of your community is brainwashed over what this really is you can't say no to a bill about that that addresses things yeah and i think that you know people in congress get worked up about a topic that they think is flashy and they think is going to you know sell well with their base and they're going to run it through without actually looking at the real world consequences of that legislation so Backpage got shut down because of this legislation that was passed was used to target them and get them shut down and as we mentioned law enforcement actually didn't care for that The reason we're talking about this is because last week, well, this week, a trial would have started um, the the retrial. It was a retrial of the creators of Backpage, two two men, uh, two different co-founders. And the trial is now being postponed for a couple of weeks because one of those men shot himself in the head rather than because yeah. he, he's, he's not young. He's not old either. I mean, he's older. He's been doing free speech. Him and the other guy that founded this have been um, doing free speech lawsuits against the government going back to like Vietnam. So older. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so rather than have the rest of his life being dragged out through a trial like this, he chose to end his life. Um, and there's some blood on their hands. Let me play this clip of Nick Gillespie ranting about it. It's about 45 okay. seconds, maybe a minute. Okay. Throw blah blah blah, and they've taken sides, and they didn't like the back page guys because the back page guys weren't the type of free speech person they wanted. They didn't like Ross Ulbricht, you know, a fucking Eagle Scout who was into Bitcoin and freedom and whatnot, and then got pro- prosecuted for stuff that is very different than what the government talked about when they were prosecuting him and things like that. And I, th- I, I think those two, uh, you know, those two dynamics are the things that help explain what absolute jerk offs and and no shows most journalists have been. And it's so in this case, he was complaining about how the journalism community didn't back these people up while mm-hmm. they were doing a form of free speech, which journalism journalists should care about free speech, but it's not the they exact should. way that they do Just it. So they won't. The optics around this particular topic, though, are, are difficult for people to get behind. Right. I mean, yeah, but that's because sense. of the way people frame the optics. They didn't make sure. Backpage for people to put escorts on. They made Backpage for a lot of other things. Right. Because it's you were free be- to post there, you can find something bad like that in your moral opinion and then demonize the whole site. But that wasn't the purpose of the site. Absolutely. Not. You're, you're correct. You're you know, right. it's particularly sickening when you when you see an old man, you know, shoot himself in the head 
rather than uh, you know face an endless array of prosecutions until he dies of of natural causes. I'll just add. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? Oh, I thought he was going to add no, something. No, no, no. Um, I think the only thing I would say, the whole Ross Ulbricht thing, Tarbell did explain yes. to us that there's more to he, it. There's more to it. He did uh, order the murders, assassinations of some of his business partners that he believed were cheating him. Um, and he was sent pictures, even though it didn't actually happen because they were FBI informants that were doing it. Um, he was sent pictures and he thought that they actually were killed. So in his mind, he felt it was okay to kill people to further his business. And that's obviously, that's a moral issue. Yeah, you can that talk never about... gets brought up when right. all you hear about this story is from yes. me or the reason guys talking about sure. it. You're right. No, sure. that, and, and, and I appreciate. So, oh, so in that mind, the whole reason I said this earlier, um, I would love to get Elizabeth Nolan Brown on with Chris Tarbell to have a conversation about it. It doesn't have to be a debate. But I think that would yeah. be because I think they would agree a lot more because of what he just said about the FBI wanting Backpage yeah. to be there. And I would like to see if they have anything to say about that Ross Ulrich thing. So, yeah, that would be cool. That, that would be, be very cool. cool. Yeah. Why would I put that out there when it doesn't fucking happen? Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, we know Tarbell's down. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, OK, so initially I was actually setting up this clip from Nick Gillespie interviewing Doug Stanhope, comedian Doug Stanhope. I oh, like wow. this because this like, reminds me of, well, me, uh, but <laughs> it was on my mind because I heard it the day before I saw the Oppenheimer movie. Did you listen to this interview? No, I feel like Stanhope and Gillespie, the, the vibe, the energy has to be like fucking crazy. It, both curmudgeon old guys. Yes. Yeah. It's not that crazy <laughs> of a vibe, but point. it's like two guys just getting along really well. Okay. Um, so okay. in, in a sense, it's kind of low energy because of that, because they, they don't oh, have to okay. meet each other anywhere. They're just like, aha. I see you talk the way I do. Um, but he asked him about, uh, well, here, let me just play it. Temporary America. I mean, one of the things you're saying is like we're hyping fear constantly as if it's new and it's recycled. But, you know, what are what are the things that really bug the shit out of you? Uh, less and less of uh, shit. Do we do we remember Doug Stanhope? He hosted the Man Show with Joe Rogan in the mid nineties. Yeah, absolutely. and then he's done a bunch of different stand up specials. He doesn't care. Like he, his newest one, he doesn't even have a name anymore because the bit that he had the uh, the whole thing named after he cut out of the out of it. So now he's got to come up. It's coming out. Like it might already be out. Uh, yeah, here we go. That's trying to fun. think of. Now yeah, nothing nothing stands above everything else. Yeah, they, everything annoys me equally or doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I the. If I could keep the same point of view for an entire 24-hour period, I'd be happy. I would be content. That, go, that was it right there. If I could keep the same point of view for a 24-hour period, I'd be happy. I'd be content. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's someone else like me? Like, <laughs> like I just I, – I don't blame it on ADHD. I just feel like – so I'm going to connect this with Oppenheimer without spoiling the movie or giving away my review. But don't you feel like that's his flaw is that he – he had a driven purpose of something that was almost like haunting him because he could see something of reality that hasn't been discovered yet. But when you allow that to be hijacked by other people's motives, or if you're sort of ambivalent to them, because, because so the reason I say this is people, there's a framing of like Russia and communism and socialism and America in the forties and suspicion but also through him, it's curiosity for those things, right? Like his educational background and interest and ability to read languages and, or to understand language and stuff. It's, it's someone who's just curious about so many different things and they don't have to commit to any of them. 
because at yeah. different times you have the thing that attracts you to that, that you can appreciate. And I, I identify that so much. I mean, I've bounced from being, you know, a, a young ambivalent teen to pretty hardcore left winger, uh, to feeling, being like, yeah, I think we should have invaded. I guess you'd call that a neocon for a year and a half to, uh, you know, a casual Democrat to libertarian to now independent because like I, one, I can't settle in a camp, but it's just, why, why would you, he says it in the movie and it stood out to me. Why would I uh, uh, like tie myself to one dogma? Why would you do that? I think one of the defining features of, of Oppenheimer was his relentless curiosity. And you see that in the movie where he teaches himself to, to read Sanskrit, like no, crazy no, no, shit uh, like that. Uh, it's not Sanskrit? Sanskrit? What was it? Shit. What's the Bhagavad Gita and it's not Sanskrit, is it? Uh yeah, maybe not. I don't remember. He it doesn't t- matter. He teaches himself dude. to you to learn how to uh read a, some ancient language. Right. Yeah, or yeah, Anyways. different characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, he just had that relentless curiosity and it got him into a lot of trouble because that environment, the time that he was working in was just chaotic politically um you know you have the red scare the communists everywhere um so yeah he got associated with that and it you know it definitely hurt him in his career going forward which we'll talk about later when we do the review yeah yeah. but yeah um going back to having the same point of view for a 24-hour period you relate to that Uh, I'd say that sounds like a pretty pretty, strong. No, honestly, that that's that hesitation doesn't sound like someone that struggles with that. Yeah, that's pretty rare for me. I I try to keep an open mind, definitely. And there are things that I will come around on, but it's usually not overnight. It's usually I'm presented with evidence and I keep seeing evidence build Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, maybe I maybe I was, you know, on the wrong, wrong side of that issue um i mean like even like the whole the virus you know origin story i mean we've come a long way from where you know where personally where i thought two years ago um to where i think now yeah it's totally possible it came from from the institute of virology sure sure i guess Um, i I mean there's things that i know like that i don't wake up and wake up the next day and question again but I I, i would say it's pretty rare for me to change my mind in 24 hours it's possible. I guess I feel sure. so untethered to like a, a mindset that mm-hmm. I could really identify to that because I just don't feel like there's anything that like, because I think this, I think these other things and mm-hmm. it sort of gives you like a lattice work across your, like, I don't have that at all. It's, you know, skyscraper map. Like you look down, it's like thousand feet up back to flat. Like I have. Yeah. But I think, I think you do have something of a, of a man, of a, uh, a scaffolding that you're building on as far as, you know, just, sort of a your substrate moral, a substrate That's yeah your moral intuitions things sure. like that those those are going to remain but you can change your viewpoint on the topic based on new information sure which we all should be able to yeah 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 uh i'm gonna skip a couple of these there's a long one about uh the fires in uh california and how only you can prevent forest fires but you know the reality is we have fucked up and this is happening because of all of us um, a listener, Keith gave a pretty spot on rant about Trump and how he didn't follow through on anything that he said he was gonna. And at the end of the day, people are in a cult. Um, I'm skipping that one too. Yeah. So I'm skipping those. They were good, but I, I think we're going to go long here and I'm trying to keep it short. Uh, yeah. Keith, send that shit back in though, dog. Um, I mean, I could save that. It's evergreen. It can apply it another time. Yeah. Um, I wanted to play this cause I mentioned it on the Friday show. So the daily had a podcast last week saying the new polls show that I think it was a time, a New York times, Siena college poll shows that Trump and Biden are tied at 43, which I think if 
if you're paying attention at all in school, that leaves 14% undecided. I tend to think that it's pretty hard for me to imagine that 18 months from now, whatever, 14 months from now, someone's going to walk into that booth and be like, I've been undecided, but I kind of like Donald Trump's rhetoric. Like that <laughs> speaks to me more. So like yeah. and they, they talk about the independence here, but keep in mind, this is the New York times talking about, you know, the independence. And when you think Instead about the New York times, remember they have something like a 95% of their subscribers when polled say that they are like progressive Democrats, not Democrats, the big tent party, they're progressive Democrats. So this is, not as far left as you can go. This is as far left as you can go and remain not outside of the Democratic Party. And yeah, I said that right. Um, so this is their opinion. Someone who's been hired by the New York Times, by that organization to be a reporter, their opinion of independence. So what can you tell us about that group of people? Well, the main thing that characterizes this group is that they don't like either of these candidates. Well, that's hmm. true. But Did you, you hear that? Not- I talked over. <laughs> a bad group for Democrats on paper, and they're not a bad group for Joe Biden on paper. This is a group that's disproportionately young. It's disproportionately black and Latino. It's disproportionately Democratic. And maybe most importantly, it disproportionately supported Joe Biden in the last presidential election. Hmm. Now, the fact that they supported Biden last time doesn't mean they'll support him again. But it suggests that the Democrats and Joe Biden specifically ought to have an easier time than Donald Trump making. Uh, I'll stop it there. Uh, let me hit the button. And we can talk. Isn't that something? I, what do you make of what they're talking about? Before you answer that, can I just point out that he's assuming the younger voters will vote for him, uh, even though there was polls that came out recently showing that 12th graders identify more 12th grade males identify more as conservative, more conservative than liberal. Interesting. They're ignoring um, so I guess the first thing to say is that the poll they're talking about, uh, the plus minus on that is 4.1%. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. And we're, it's a relatively small sample size, 43 versus 43%. And we're 18 months out. Um, and Donald Trump's been indicted three times and probably about to get indicted a fourth time. You know, he's been he knows- indicted three times, but he's also lost an election to Joe Biden. After yes. he lost that election, he was impeached. Then he lost the next voting cycle for the Republicans. And now he's been indicted three times. That's (laughs) that is that is like that is a better description of reality. Right now. Why would that be the candidate? (laughs) The idea that he is still the likely front runner for the Republican Party and is getting 43 percent in the sample size is just uh, mind blowing uh, Ah! to think about. Right. Yeah. But. Uh, I think that given the potential for somebody like RFK Jr. to come in and, you know, steal a few percent here and there, um, this is going to be a close election. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, things can change between now and in November of 24. Uh, but cause that's a lot of time, a lot of time for shit to go down, especially considering all of Trump's legal troubles. I wonder what RFK um, Jr. has been doing this last week. I got zero clips sent in about RFK. I haven't, he's not been on my radar at all this yeah. week either. I, so uh, I Alan, know. I'm telling you, there's so many clips every week. And I'm like, this just isn't show worthy. I'm sorry. It's just not. fell off the radar yeah, kind of, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe see, he's on vacation. <laughs> did you see that Summer. DeSantis uh, fired yeah. some of his top campaign staff? He fired his campaign manager today. Yeah. And then yeah. yesterday, the dash cam footage came out from the cop from that accident they got into Chattanooga saying that he fled the scene. Um, it was like five cars. He wasn't the car that was in the accident and his car left the scene cause they weren't helping. That's his side of the story. 
I don't know, but it, it doesn't look good, right? You know what, though? He's only like eight points back on Trump in Iowa. Yeah, but I don't think Iowa's going to be the decider that it used to be. <laughs> but, but which is elections. why eight points isn't that like the, not that significant. People lose in Iowa. Yeah. Mike Huckabee won in Iowa, and, and or, or Huck <laughs> Micabee, right? You can switch that, right? <laughs> Huck Micabee won in Iowa, and then you know you lose in New Hampshire. <laughs> By the way, uh, DeSantis did a full length interview with I think CNN this week. Um, I don't. I just saw a few clips. I don't think the whole thing has been released yet. But when it is, I will watch that and maybe give you some clips. Okay, cool. Yeah, give me timestamps. Yeah. Listeners, yeah, yeah. you can do the same too. Um, this is uh, Moscow Mitch was uh, in, at a rally on a very warm day, they say. And mm. then they were like, maybe this man shouldn't be out in the sun after he just had a stroke. Uh, you'd think that, you know, so keep in mind, this is, he's in Kentucky. He's on home turf. Kentucky, if you remember in the 2020 election, was the first state to turn in their test. Uh, they didn't have to reread their answers. They just turned they it in, in all first. the bubbles. Neatly. Yep. Yep. And uh, they reelected Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. This is those same people at a rally in Kentucky after uh, what, what did I say last week? It's so hot out. Mitch McConnell can't even freeze up anymore. <laughs> Retire! 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 Oh, wow. Retire! 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 What are they saying, Alan? Retire! Retire. Retire. I thought they were saying the R word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, those people all had Andy Brashear uh, signs, which Andy Brashear is the Democratic governor. State doesn't make oh. sense, man. It's Kentucky. I can't tell you shit. It's no. bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Listen to the Daily again. This is real quick. This is about those Canadian fires. Um, this is a terrifying form of um, natural disaster. Stratosphere producing new fire conditions over much larger areas. So we're living under a completely different set of climate conditions in terms of the fires that start, when they start, and how far they can burn. And then also the character and quality of the fire when they are burning. Okay, so fire tornadoes, huge fire clouds. What other new phenomenon are we seeing now? Well, a lot of stuff is changing. Um, one of the things that scares me most is something that's often called a zombie fire, where a what? fire can seem extinguished on the surface, especially as the fall goes into winter, but it actually burns in the soil and springs up again in the spring. So kind of sneak attack. Exactly. Not funny. And this has happened a lot in Siberia. It's happened in the American West, too. And we don't really know how much more common that's going to be. I mean, a zombie fire, by something. definition. A fucking zombie fire? Yeah, yeah. We've heard about these before in I, Siberia. We is not both me and you. Oh, okay. I've heard about these before. Mm. So in Siberia, there's that, that Pete Moss or whatever layer. Pete Moss, the lead um, singer of... Cold, of uh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the Pete. So it gets the fire gets in there Radiohead? and it, it can actually survive a whole season just burning the ground below. And you just see smoke coming up. There could even be snow on top and it's still burning down there. So um, that what does that remind you of? Like charcoal, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, so the problem is that these fires are, are burning hotter. They have more tinder because of how dry the climate's been and how hot it's been. Um, and can you imagine fighting a fire? In 110 degree weather, that's burning hotter than any fire you've ever encountered previously, um, and faster. Like with with all this fire weather they're talking about, like these fire tornadoes and shit, it's fucking terrifying. Um, and it's only getting worse. Right, I can't imagine that because what I'm busy imagining is what the world looks like when fires don't go out because it's winter and there's ice on top of them. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm funny. not joking. This is like that. Then that spreads the next year. 
how many years until the whole planet's doing that? This is molten lava planet. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. flashbacks to Oppenheimer right now. Right. Um, oh dear, oh dear. Ooh, almost spoiled it. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, no, it's pretty scary. I mean, we're seeing fires encroaching in you know residential areas like we never saw before. We saw half of that's because we're building there, though. Yeah, I mean Santa Rosa. A lot of that. A lot of that. That's was true. Santa Rosa. San, you're you're right. A lot of that stuff in Santa Rosa had been there for decades, for a long time. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's just it's wild. And obviously, they talk about it in that in that episode. But the way that we controlled or dealt with fires in the past, uh, many decades, where if there was a fire, we just attempted to put it out immediately. We had like a zero tolerance policy essentially for yeah. fires. We're gonna kick when these reality, fires out of the school if they bring drugs. <laughs> when in reality. A smarter way to manage these forests would be to allow small fires to happen, reduce the, you know, the dead wood and tinder that are in the in these forests so that we don't get these crazy, hot, intense fires that are impossible to control. Um, And so that was a mistake in the way we managed our forests. If you go back to the indigenous people, the way they managed fires was much more effective in allowing them to burn through and take out all that dead stuff. So you didn't have these crazy fires that we're seeing now. Uh, we're finally learning that lesson again, you know, decades later. Oh, no, yeah, well put. I mean, that that is the lesson of it. I don't know, I don't know what it like what we can do at this point too, though, because the carbon being released during the fires is worse than anything it's that we do worse. to fucking yep. mitigate. Well, but it's also worse than anything we can do to mitigate the carbon that we're emitting, right? Like well, this is just in that, everything. In that episode, it they talk about the carbon em- emitted from the fires in Canada this year is more we're, than. Any other, then, all other countries combined, except for the U.S. and Canada and uh, China, right? Well, also, it's more than their entire economy puts out. So right. every Canadian driving a car, every you know fossil fuel industry. This know, is why those carbon. industries fucked us. They spent 30, 40 years telling us to go home and recycle our fucking cans and act like we're the ones that are going to do it. Meanwhile, they're offloading all of their costs on the environment, and we're all suffering for it and paying the price. Yeah, and most of that shit you put in your recycle bin doesn't even get no, recycled. No, so. they don't because if they can recycle it, they sell it to China, and if they can't, they throw it away. There's so it's many away. recycling um um waste management companies that straight up put it in a blue bin, put it on a separate truck, take it to a fucking landfill because yep. they don't have an effect because if you don't do it the right way, you don't effectively recycle, so you might as well just throw it away. Yeah, if you, if you want to know more about that, go to <laughs> Penn and Teller's bullshit episode about recycling, which shouldn't yes. make you not want to recycle. It just means chances are whatever you're doing isn't being effective. We can still do our best. But, do you want to uh, talk yeah. about something more lighthearted, fancy free, like AI sure. and a human brain interface? <laughs> so I was telling you about my anxiety attacks last week that were partially uh-huh. set on because of this. Um, Here's a phrase I hadn't heard of, heard of before. Why in my life would I have to consider the phrase, two words together, cognitive liberty? Like what are the frameworks? One of the things we've learned as we started to delve into the AI space is that, honestly, companies don't really care about ethics and responsibility. Yeah. Well, they say they do until market forces this start is, to... I, if you didn't know by now, I do not plan this show very well. Didn't know that I was going to make that rant before this came up. No <laughs> notes steamroll it the one thing that they listen to the language that companies respond to is liability yeah so i mean i've been thinking about it on you know kind of five levels one is to move quickly to update our existing human rights and the reason i've started there is that's that blow- kind of blows my mind she's going to talk about that for the rest of the episode we're not playing the whole episode but it's um a new concept or a new dimension has emerged and because of that we need to update our human rights because we now interact on a new axis 
Right. Should we explain what cognitive liberty she's is gone. or she's, she's going to? Global. That means recognizing cognitive liberty as a new human so, right, which directs the updating of three existing human rights. Self-determination to be an individual. All right, Alan, what's cognitive liberty? Just in case I don't remember my clips. <laughs> all right. So essentially, we're all familiar with the, the way companies like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter um, collect your data and use it to uh, sell you stuff. They, you know, they Things you, you wanted. Based- yeah, You've been they looking give you ads for this. based on your history, your search history. If you search for, uh, I searched for something the other day at work because I was trying to help somebody out, and it was like a cosmetic thing. And now I get ads for it all day in my Instagram feed, <laughs> um, which is wild. But so imagine that, but with co- companies able to capture actual stuff that your body is doing, your heart rate, your stress level, um, are you moving around? Are you sleeping? And and as these devices get more and more. I mean, we want devices that can tell us how many steps we took today and things like that. We wear Fitbits or Apple Watches or whatever to do the same thing. But as these companies acquire more and more data about what you're doing, what you're thinking, where your attention is, are you stressed out? Um, you know, all these things, they can combine that into your profile and just sell you more stuff. Use that data to sell you more stuff. And we have to say, we're our, so cognitive liberty is us saying that that's private or that's private information. And you can't use that unless I give you permission to. And that should have a universal sign-off, right? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, there'd have to be some serious manufacturing consent for somebody to make an argument against that. And the thing is, this, this stuff's already out there, and a lot of people don't even realize how much data is and out And it's only getting worse. Data. As earbuds yes. start to yep. monitor what's like, what, what kind of signals can detect what is actually happening inside your thoughts, they mm-hmm. will. And, and, and it's not far off. We think it's far off. It's not. Which directs the updating of three existing human rights, self-determination to be an individual right to self-determination, mental privacy to be explicitly included within the right to privacy and freedom of thought to protect more broadly than just religion and belief. That's great. That sets a legal norm. It creates an enforcement mechanism. But as we know, people violate human rights all the time. And so you have to move beyond just a human rights regime into what that looks like at a national level. And that means context-specific, I think, regulation as well. I don't think it's enough, like in the U.S., for example, to say, well, the First Amendment ought to also include freedom of thought. I think what we need is national legislation in a context-specific way that addresses these issues. What does it mean in the workplace? If there's mental privacy, that would mean that there are limited use cases that have to be governed by justifications for gaining access to any brain data. So maybe you can gain access to fatigue levels, but it would mean that the rest of it couldn't be gathered. So, okay, we need to we need to talk about that. A lot of that stuff at the end there, if you didn't hear this episode, you're like, what is she even talking about? I'm not worried about that. So right now, there are hard hat helmets that people wear in long... Where, where, so if you work in a hard hat environment where you have to work long shifts, mm-hmm. these helmets have sensors built into them right now that can detect your stress fatigue level. Uh, we've seen the stuff that they're using it in China where all the students have to wear these and it shows whether you're paying attention or not and the teachers can get feedback. So that's where they're at right now. Then you should be prepared. Let me play the last 10 seconds of that again. That would mean that there are limited use cases that have to be governed by justifications for gaining access to any brain data. So maybe you can gain access to fatigue levels, but it would mean that the rest of it couldn't be gathered. How can we trust them that they won't continue to gather that other information? Right. I mean, even people like long haul truckers. That's exactly um, what I had in mind. I started talking about hard hats and I was like, I'm stuck here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, how much of that data 
do you want to give up and how much i mean companies don't even necessarily need to tell you you're not going to get a choice though like yeah when the whole industry does it you have to do that to, to keep your job yeah it's uh it's, it's this is a version actually, this is a version of the vaccine right i don't want to have to get a shot to keep my job and it just so happens that everyone in this sector pilots nurses mm-hmm. things like that um you know it's if, if if you made that argument to yourself before then you need to be making that argument now about this and if it mattered to you it should matter to other people so we should be interested in this whether this affects you directly or not because given time this will can you imagine what a company like amazon's going to do with this kind of shit exactly they already they already work the fuck out of their people. You know, they don't even have time to go to the bathroom half the time. I mean, you'd be like, no, I was tired. They'd be like, no, you weren't. I saw it on the helmet. You were distracted. (laughs) Try and squeeze every ounce of productivity out of every person. Dude, it doesn't even have to be that much. It could just be your glasses, right? It's like, I saw through your lenses. You were on your phone. You're not allowed to be on your phone. You're fired. Exactly. That's not even far fetched. That could happen right. That could happen tomorrow. It's just an investment if they want to do it or not. Mm -hmm. So I'm not huge on, Hey, let's make new laws, but I'm all for making new laws when they're updating rights to reflect the changing of our environment. I would agree. Yeah. Well, I'm not a libertarian anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. That feels nice. That's very freeing. <laughs> so she kind of left the show with an upbeat note. I think she's in fantasy land. I don't think any of this can ever happen. Not until <laughs> this is the stuff that we react to. And then it's extant and we make the argument, well, it's already there. What can you do about it? a reforming of the incentive landscape that our society runs on, that determines like which direction the technology goes. Yeah, and I think we can start with human rights. That automatically puts pressure onto incentive systems to actually align. But we have a massive power imbalance right now between individuals and tech giants that have set the terms of humanity. We need to reformulate that. And that fundamentally means stopping and saying, how do we realign incentives to be human-centered flourishing rather than human-centered diminishment? And if used in that way, rather than the way that some transhumanists talk about it, which is increasing through synergistic brain-computer interface, the augmentation of humans, if instead we use it as a way to study ourselves and to understand brain health, our brain actions, the ways in which our cognitive biases and heuristics are tapped into, and reclaim control and cognitive freedom then I think we actually can compete well with AI or any other technological system because we enable human flourishing. We enable humans to expand rather than diminish. It's interesting to hear the alignment problem outside of the AI space. Yeah. Um, So I think this is going to be something that we're going to be hearing a lot of in the next coming years. Um, How do we align um, all these systems for people to actually, actually flourish, as she says, as opposed to just further widening the the wealth gap, uh, further subjugating people, further, um, you know, making people into a, you know, a serial number as opposed to a person. I, I, think, that's gonna, I think it's going to take a lot to make sure that doesn't happen. So do you do you think that our listeners I mean, you kind of described it pretty well with context, but do you think most people know what the alignment problem is? I think probably a lot of people know that now it's it's often spoken of around the AI thing. So essentially, how do we align these AIs, especially if we get an AGI, general AI, um, that can, is just better than us at everything? How do we ensure that they're aligned with with human values? Uh, you know, the, there's the whole paperclip thing where the paperclip, you have a paperclip uh, manufacturing plant and you put the AI in charge and you say maximize making paperclips and the AI decides, oh, the best way to do that is just to kill all the humans. Uh, I mean, that's obviously an extreme example, but 
we want to make sure that these systems are aligned with us and our values, even like self-driving cars. And like incentives, though. And the way to trigger that is by aligning incentives. Right. Because right right now, all the incentives in terms of the companies to produce this are not on the safety spectrum at all. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, even things like self-driving cars. What do you want the car to do when it has to make a decision between hitting a pedestrian or running off the road? Things like that. Um, It needs to have our values if we're going to be able to truly rely on it and if we're going to be able to continue to flourish as a species. Yeah, but that's so complex, right? Like the more elaborate you make the trolley problem, the more you're like, I can't let a computer do this. Like it needs to be someone in the moment and occasionally they'll make mistakes. But yeah, right. Um, let me play this. This is, I got our wackadoo of the week. So I got the sound ready. Got our wackadoo of the week. This one sent in by Ariel. Ariel sends in a lot of these potential wackadoos of the week. Um, (laughs) she recently became pregnant. I was like, where have you been? And she's like, posted a picture of her ultrasound. I'm like, that's where you've been. Like, have you just been do it for fun sometimes? (laughs) Jesus Christ, Ariel. So she sent in this uh, central bank. So this clip, this is our wackadoo of the week. It's a central bank. My notes are central bank implants. And a lot more. Mm. Here's a question. Would you let someone implant a microchip into your hand if you would receive $2,000 a month in return for getting a chip put in your hand? You heard me right. We'll give you universal basic income, basically. 2,000 euros, $2,000 a month if you allow us to put a microchip in your hand. That's exactly what's about to happen as part of the rollout of the central bank digital currencies. That's a carrot for them to rope you into this mess. We'll get to that part of the story in a minute. To be fair, that statement has not been made the central bank has not said they'll give you fine let's let the story go Um, But a new report just published this week by the Bank for International Settlements explains how our new digital money system is about to work. We've been warning you that this was coming for a long time on this show. Also, we weren't the only ones predicting this. Uh, It was predicted in a little book. You might have heard of it called uh, The Bible, uh, The Mark of the Beast. Uh, For one thing, this new system, this is how this new system would operate. According to them, the Bank for International Settlements, the new reserve currency, forget the dollar as you know it, basically, this will be the new reserve currency which is what how they want to label it and how they are labeling it. This would be used to settle all transactions. As everyone moves away from the U.S. dollar right now, this seems like perfect timing to be moving to this new system. So are they purposefully torpedoing the U.S. dollar oh. in preparation for a global a global new Big reserve rates. currency? One might wonder, right? We don't believe in conspiracy theories around here. Atlanta didn't have a bond. Atlanta was a false flag operation. <laughs> I love the idea Lincoln of saying everything he said for the last minute and a half and being like, now we don't believe in conspiracy theories around here. <laughs> uh, but you have to wonder. It could include the confiscation of all Property. We don't believe in conspiracy theories, but you have to wonder. Let's go on with this. Physical property. Here's a question. Could, Would you could be all of it. All right, here we go. That's fucking retarded. Yeah. <laughs> That's some serious speculation over there. Oh, yeah. That sounds like, yeah. I don't know. 2000 bucks a month. Would you let him put a chip in you, Dustin? Uh... Well, no, no. Or you just you hold it against the pin pad and you pay your grocery no. bill or whatever. You know? No, no, no. Not, not falling for that. Okay. I don't know. I f- I'm trying to see how like because if you told me now, hey, two years ago, would you took the Johnson and Johnson shot? <laughs> I would have said no, but I was like, oh my god, finally this homeless center will let me get the Johnson and Johnson shot. <laughs> Listeners, listen to the old episodes. That's a reality. Um. <laughs> So, I don't know. My priors kind of tell me I would, but I can't imagine why I would. 
I mean, two thousand dollars. Yeah, it's not bad. sure, sure. It's not bad. You notice he went with two currencies. He's like two thousand euros, two thousand yeah. dollars. He didn't go two thousand uh, Argentine pesos. No, <laughs> they've had some bad inflation. Holy shit, man! <laughs> By the way, you, if if that's the option, you want to get euros. They're, they're worth more. So. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not forever. I'm gonna stick with my dollars. <laughs> Listen to Alan. He's not a real American. We always say this. We go Puerto Rico. Yeah, I hear that. I think Alan. Uh, I think I set up a question to ask you going to half. Yeah, you know what? Okay. Let's fucking do this. Okay. All right. So this there's a there's sort of like um there's a, a a meme of a phrase that I blame Joe Rogan for popularizing, although it's been stated a lot before he said it a million times. But once he says it, all these online bros say it all mm. the time, and now it's you know it's it's a it's a category of memes, and it's the I wonder if it bugs you too. Maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't bug you, I want to hear why. Uh, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. That's back. Hard times create strong men. This, this is you know this is presented as if it's the inevitable cycle of civilization in man, right? Yeah, but it's that's not true. How do you feel like it's not true? Because when I heard this, I struggled for a long time to make an argument. Like if somebody said that, I'd be like. I have a feeling, but I can't tell you why I feel like that's wrong. I put some thought into this today and it's not as catchy. See, I think the thing is that's very catchy. It is catchy. And you can remember it because it's really just weak, strong, good, you know, uh, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> but but I don't think that good times necessarily make weak people. I mean, especially if you start off like pre-civilization, right? Like those people right. turned out to make the things that were pretty nice. I mean, stoicism is all about a mindset, right? Of yeah. having that the memento mori, remember death. Um, so you know, do the best you can in the moment. But and, that doesn't exclude that, the you know modern living. No, I, I think that that works regardless, right? Even if you're you know in good times, I think that can still you know be functional. So no, I don't. I I disagree with the premise that good times necessarily lead to. Weakness. So I feel like on its face, like that was always like the inkling of why, but I didn't feel like that was compelling enough because people would be mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, well how about this grandfather and this next generation? And if you look historically, this happens. And I say zoom out, and it depends where you start your cycle too, right? Like I'm, sure. No. <laughs> ladies hi um so how about i i've got mine i've got smart okay. men so it's not catchy it's just not catchy smart mm. men create civilization civilization creates more smart men strong men join civilization or retreat to frontier like the barbarians right like i'm thinking the kimbri and the teutons and as civilization expands civilization makes good times good times create more civilization strong men are squeezed to the margins of the frontier until revolting after a brief period of creative destruction, it brings uh, strong men into the civilization. Now, more civilization makes more good times. It's just not as catchy. Because you still get it's, the destruction, and there's just more stages. It's just not so... It's a reduction to say the other thing. It's definitely not catchy. And also, what about strong women? Does that... You, you just, you know, you genderized it. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm God damn it, think Dustin. about that. All right, I'm going to grab a beer and think about that. <laughs> All good right. point. We'll see you in the piece. Right, yeah, normally get mad when you say that, but I'm just... Fuck. I feel like I've let a lot of people down. I'm going to go talk to Natasha about this. And Petra. And Addie. Oh, boy. Mithra, good thing I saw you first. Love these bitches. This is the B-side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs>
in the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Dude, I was really worried about the mountains uh, of having to use the bathroom at Oppenheimer. It's so fucking long. Uh, I had to pee from an hour into the movie. I, I was told, it was, I, but it was so misleading. I didn't think I peed before we left the house. And it just, you know, and I barely drank my giant Mountain Dew. I got a Mountain Dew. The guy gave me two straws. I don't know what he thought was going on with me and Natasha. But. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even give a, get a soda or a beer or anything. I was like, nah. I don't, were there like 30 minutes of trailers in front of it for you? No, that's my first note. No trailers. Really? That yeah, was just was Showtime, baby. Showtime was 6... I got there like 6.15. The movie didn't start till 6.57. I looked at my phone. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Wow. It's already a three-hour movie. I was there for like four hours. Yeah. No, that's uncalled for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My understanding was that the 70 millimeter release, they were not doing commercials per Nolan. You know what? Now that you say that, I'm not sure I was at a 70 millimeter. I was maybe just a regular Sub- IMAX. It's a bummer. I mean, it's still yeah. better. It's not a bummer. It was great. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, we'll talk about that more on Friday. We shall. Let's come back to half, back from half. Uh, let's see. Normally, we would just get right into our uh, best of the right before we get into the best of the left. I can ask you a question. I've got, I'm sure I got a throwaway. Okay. Don't burn them all. No, I won't. I, I'm going to go with one that I don't think would have ever showed up in the show. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe we just keep this in mind while we do the rest. No, no, no. So this comes up, actually. So this this will set up the talks. This will set up the talks. Okay. So Michael Pennis, Mike Pence, that's the way uh, Borat says it in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent movie film for cultural whatever. Um, <laughs> Mike Pence, he did the full Ginsburg on Sunday. What's the full Ginsburg? I was wondering if you knew that. So have you heard that phrase before or no? I don't believe I've ever sounds heard inappropriate, this, doesn't it? Is this Alan Ginsburg? Yeah, it's that's... not Alan Ginsburg. No, and it's okay. not Ruth Bader, what I was hoping for. Hot, okay. guilty, guilty of being hot. <laughs> Sentence you to uh, life of the Supreme Court. Um, all right, so here's here's from the internet. In DC speak, the act of appearing on all five Sunday news programs is known as the Full Ginsburg, named after Monica Lewinsky's lawyer, who in 1998 became the first to accomplish this feat. Since then, many others have made the rounds. Alan, I quiz you now. What would you call all five Sunday talk shows? Meet the Press, definitely. One. Wait. Um, what's the... Uh, is 60 Minutes count? No. No, okay. Um, there's a Fox one. I can't remember yeah. what that one's called. Well, what day of the week is it? Sunday. Okay. Fox Sunday. Not Just take your weddings. Don't give okay. me a ding. Fox all News right. Sunday. Uh, CBS has one. Uh-huh. What's that called? Uh, oh, you know this one. Come on. Fuck. No, we're not doing this. Face the Nation. You're not going to get all five. Ah, Face the Nation. Yeah, yeah you yeah. knew that one. Uh, ABC's is called This Week on ABC, and mm-hmm. Late Edition on CNN counts. Okay. Oh. All right. There's some trivia for you. So This Week I on ABC. I always Meet the Press. That was yeah, Meet favorite. the Press is, seems like a, a, a good one. Face the Nation, I think, was a good one, too. Yeah, that one's um, good, too. I don't know. Fox News Sunday, This new, This Week on ABC, and Late Edition CNN. I'm talking faces. 
Uh, where are we starting here? Starting best to the right. I've got, um, we got more Trump coming up in the culture wars. Shocking. Uh, but these first few sounds on best of the right are uh, defenses uh, of his or reactions to the indictment. Uh, let's see. The first one here is, this is his statement to reporters right after his arraignment. Okay. So it's raining and he's under a big umbrella. Oh, arraignment. That reminds me. Listeners, head over to edipalarraignments.com. Edipal, O-E-D. I-P-A-L. I-P? I think so. Okay. Arraignments. Uh, I'm looking for the word arraign in this article here. A-R-R-A-I-G-N-M-E-N-T-S.com. It's easy. Edipalarraignments.com. Super easy. We well, couldn't make it easier much. for you. It couldn't have, yeah. <laughs> this is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. <laughs> D.C. fell apart in three and a half years. <laughs> this is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Oh, my bro, my dude, come on. <laughs> DC's been bad for a long time. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? But I don't know. I don't live there. Maybe it did get worse. I don't know. But uh, I don't, There's a little bit more. Hold on. Uh, when you look yeah. at what's happening, this is a persecution. See, so he gives himself 30 seconds to think while he just trashes something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary. The primaries. How are you going to translate to the general, homie? Like the primaries, it's fish in a barrel, right? It's like everybody is a Republican in the primary. Yeah, you're leading that. But like his natural base, which he'll expand upon in a general, but his natural base, because there's always people that will make sure they just vote for their party. But like his natural base is like, yeah, sure. Like that's enough to win when you go when you divide the country in half and then ask those people just to vote like do you get what i'm trying to say can you say it better (laughs) so he has a a very solid base within the republican party and they are with him through thick and thin they're they're but even that's like 50 percent. it's more than 50 percent within the party so it's a subsection of a subsection which is true about joe too like i'm we're picking fun on the right right now it's just like don't like stop bragging about these things like like an effective politician would be like literally everyone likes me i'm getting 60 percent plus like you know this this has happened in america indeed okay but but washington's a total shithole since i left i don't know if you guys noticed <laughs> you guys look around there's graffiti yeah. broken windows uh, sir you're the first president arrested <laughs> i don't care like we saw that on our way in why are you Remember changing when they the broke subject? into the Capitol? yeah yeah <laughs> like, i know right? i can tell you about a broken window that i specifically paid for it was all those ones yeah that fucking yeah and actually that i i was upset that i made that point on the show and nobody really it didn't reverberate with anyone i kind of dropped it but like the tax money had to fix that tax money had to go towards setting up those permanent barriers tax mm-hmm. like these are things are you doing your little act out actually like in a very small insignificant way because it's a fraction of a cent i'm sure when you divvy it out doesn't matter man like and i get mad about that in other examples too don't fucking p- try to pigeonhole me <laughs> talking about this right now uh do you want to hear what his lawyer said after the indictment I can't wait. After hearing this, this is when I was like, dude, if this is your fucking case, like this is the shit that you say when you get it on TV and there's no one to counter that, like stuff that like, you know, uh, objection, your honor doesn't happen in the middle of shit like this. Okay, get ready. Oh, I didn't fucking get damn it, I muted myself from everything that they have done. And if you don't believe me, look at the facts. 
on March 7th. Hey, look at a couple of facts right in front of my face right here, Alan. Let me tell you about that. How I've, could she even see her note card? <laughs> I feel like I feel like typically lawyers don't have a plunging neckline, right? Uh, like not, not often. Okay, I'm not shaming. I'm not shaming. I'm just saying, like, I feel like if he would have got his choice of lawyer, it wouldn't come out of the box like this, right? Like, do you give it a, a little like, more this is, He's at the back of the phone book. Yeah, clearly. Teen Hunter accidentally admits that it was his laptop. Why are we from talking hell? about this shit? The next day, oh. DA Alvin Bragg indicts president trump hold on though the thing that trump that hunter did the day before wasn't like a specific thing that like that you need to distract from it was one thing on the timeline right okay of many things yes yes june 8th an fbi document is released showing that the ukrainians paid the biden crime family millions (laughs) and millions of dollars (laughs) wait 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 wait, wait. do you know more about that (laughs) yeah okay i don't so that's one of the ones i'm like i'm sure you're lying but like what 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 so that's we've talked about it on the show. Oh, what was that's that? That's the like the ten twenty three. It's the FBI document. Where oh, that's the note where the guy was like, "Look, I had an informant tell me this thing. If we want to look into it more, I made this right. note on the spot, and they found that because they were looking into his gun thing." I don't remember the how they found okay. it, but yeah, that's all it was. Okay, uh, an informant told an FBI. Agent it's something. That, I mean, hold on, big stories get broken because of stuff like that. But like to put all your weight in that, and then that not turn up anything well, else, and the only things it does turn up are Chinese spies. Right, and she's saying the statement that she makes there is that the FBI released a report saying that this happened. That's not what happened. Mm. The FBI released that form, which an FBI agent filled out because their informant told them this. It wasn't concerning anything that they were dealing with as far as the case they were working. So they just filed away. This person said this. It was never investigated. So that's not what the FBI released. Got it. Got it. Next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid. Yeah. And the Mar-a-Lago indictment. (laughs) Last week, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell through when the judge realized it had blanket immunity. The following day, a superseding indictment against Donald Trump. Like, they're just sitting there like, okay, if this doesn't go our way, we're going to... Wait, hold on. What happened the day before? Trump said, I'm going to be indicted today. Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) Yes. July 31st, Devin Archer goes to testify in front of the House. That was only after they failed to put him in jail. Yep. Did you do it, Alan? It's annoying when I do it. (laughs) That's not what happened. So Devin Archer was uh, Hunter Biden's uh, co-board member. They they were both on the Burisma board. And we talked. Devin Archer was actually qualified. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this on the show where they were saying uh, Comer and I don't remember the other guy were saying, oh, they're not going to. They're going to arrest him before we have a chance to depose. They him were just like Andrew. saying that on the on Fox whenever they could. Right. They were getting the right. story out that that's what they're afraid of. That was their. Which both the Department of Justice and the AG were like, no, 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 no. and and Devin Archer's lawyers. Right. <laughs> that's not that's not what we're, that's not what's happening at all. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna testify. It's gonna happen. Uh, and it did. And then the like, testimony came out when we did the show on Friday. We were like, "Look, you're getting mixed reports about this, but ultimately there was nothing right. explosive in that." Transcripts yeah. came out, and it was nothing. It was it was basically yeah. right down the middle of the two versions of what you yeah. heard. Um, okay, well, let's listen more of this. Uh, I can't. <laughs> what happens the next day? What? The January sixth indictment that we're here for today. <laughs> this is not a coincidence. This is election interference at its finest. Against the leading... Wait, can- if you listen to what we've said after the things she said, what's clearly happened is 
they anticipated these days in court and tried to frame things around them to they use to as counterfactuals. I have a side question. Yeah, I'm what's done What's the with photographer it. doing behind her? Oh, okay, Is he taking a picture of her ass or what's happening? Because he's taking the picture. Yeah, yeah, he's doing those back shots. Remember I said we should start a <laughs> photography studio called Backshots. He's, he's just doing a nice classy backshot on her. Okay. Maybe he wanted to see the, what do they call that? Isn't it a photographer splash, a splash of reporters or something like that? So he wanted Sounds to get right. a back shot and splash with her, you know, all in one. It's very Candidate, strange. Right now for president, for either party, President Trump is under siege in a way that we have never seen before. <laughs> yeah, because he fucked up a lot. <laughs> Bad. Like, like, so I've, um, I've gotten like, so there was a guy that made uh, one of my comments get a lot of attention on like a high, att- like a Quentin, one of those douchey meme account yeah 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 so like i had a comment that somebody reacted to and then a bunch of people responded to him and i'm like well this is helpful for the show like this is getting attention thank you for the uh the heat buddy yeah and so i actually friended the guy and dm'd him i'm like hey feel free to comment on anything you ever see of mine ever again so (laughs) can i tell you a quick story yeah uh so my friend in arizona listens to the show occasionally and she was listening to the show last week and she, she i guess she was at a parking lot or something um lunch break lunch break yeah and she had it on on her car and i guess she had her windows down or something and a guy pulled up next to her and it was we were talking about trump i guess oh no i'm sure it was i'm sure it was negative and uh the guy just kind of shook his head and (laughs) (laughs) it was loud enough that he could hear it (laughs) (laughs) ah good that's a fair reaction okay so that's his lawyer um here's a clip so we're sticking on best of the right this is a clip of fox news from last week in case you missed it and i can't really pause this once it gets trump indictment so if you don't watch fox news here are five totally real and definitely not desperate legal theories you might have missed this week Oh, so it's a crime to follow legal advice now? They're charging him with the crime of taking bad legal advice. Trump mm-hmm. was seeking legal advice. Essentially criminalize bad legal advice. <laughs> it turns out if the advice you're following is commit crime, yeah, that's a crime. <laughs> well, that's what Alan Never was feels like they have the best lawyers. I don't get how you can try Donald Trump for defrauding the United States when all he did was simply defraud the United States. <laughs> it's a crime to ask Pence not to certify? Jesse Bro, Waters. Listen to yourself for like one second. I wonder if Pence would agree that that was a crime. There is still good reason to believe 2020 was stolen, okay? He still believes the election was stolen, and he has good cause to believe so. Damn, that's crazy. You should bring that evidence to a Trump-appointed judge <laughs> and see what they say. This trial is rigged. They're going to make us bring evidence and proof that the election was stolen. Are we going to now have to go back and find fraud in the 2020 election? Is this now what we're going to go relitigate? What have you guys been doing for the last three years? This is the criminalization of disinformation. This is criminalizing thought. How are you going to prove that Donald Trump didn't believe the election lies he was spewing? So I don't understand how you can actually prove this or read his mind. Just spitballing here. Probably the same way they proved you didn't believe the election lies you were spewing. Uh, I'll see you on Friday for next week's read. All right. Do you want to hear Pence get heckled uh, in Iowa? Sure. That sounds fun. (laughs) does sound fun. He said, why'd you sell out the Constitution? He said, uh, he said, read it. 
Try to stop it. Sorry. Why'd you sell out the people? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you sell out the people? Why don't you read the Constitution? He goes, read it. I, uh, I, I. You know what? I hope that's the way he does the rest of his campaign. Read it. <laughs> Might be effective. Yeah. I mean, it Perhaps. beats whatever else he's going to do. He's not going to mm. win. Um, he was on. So keep it going, with Mike Pence. He was on. I think he was on Fox somewhere. He was on. He was asked about whether he would vote for Trump, and like he gives the answer that you're thinking right now. So let me hear it. And at the time, would you ever vote again for Donald Trump? Look, I don't think I'll have to. I, I have to tell you, everywhere that, I go. That wasn't the question, Mr. Uh, Vice President. He's there talking about running for president, and you're asking if he'd vote for his competition. <laughs> we would you ever vote for Donald Trump again? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know what your question is, but let me be very clear. Like I'm this. running for president. I, I like this. It's not bad. I like the level-headedness. I don't yeah. have to like his religious beliefs. I'm, I just... Uh, because uh, I don't think anyone who ever puts himself over the Constitution should ever be president or should ever be president again. And at the time, I, 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 I so just can't I, believe that they like that was clearly a hit piece. The whole interview was set up for at the end, him saying the soundbite on Trump's like, please let me kiss your ass network. It was News Nation. Why doesn't he just say no? I mean, is it only Chris Christie that has the balls to say, no, Trump sucks and I would never vote for him. And this is why. Why? Why? You would think there were people chanting "Hang Mike Pence" on January sixth. This guy, of all people, especially when you hear like, the rest of his answer, he says, "You know, I don't think that this person should be eligible." Like, why yeah. wouldn't you just say no? So, do you, does that reflect? So, in that person is what I was talking about earlier, where they're like, "My party's Republican. If my party's candidate is Donald Trump, then I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because I'm voting for the, my party's candidate." Just like there's Democrats that do that, right? Sure. And right now, that's that's what that the most extreme version of that is. He's so dogmatic. So he's but he's he's worried about losing that percentage of the Republican. I don't think so. I think that's him being honest. I think he's saying, well, I can't lie. And if it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump, I'll still vote for Trump, even though I'll say you think that's what he's saying. Yes. So first of all, the people that are, you know, that whatever 60 something percent of the Republican Party that's wholeheartedly behind trump pence is never going to win them over doesn't matter yep. he could he could walk on water he's not going to win them over um so why would he even attempt to placate that wing of the party when he knows that or should know that it, it seems like he would come off as a stronger candidate if he would just you know say no Distance that's not, himself. try yeah. to appeal right. more to independence people who are maybe conservative leaning but don't like trump like that that should be his lane right i don't understand why he's not doing it um, I don't know. Bad advice. I mean, he's yeah, or not maybe, a great politician. I, I mean, obviously he has principles, mm-hmm. you know, he cares a lot about his moral compass. Um, but I don't know, man. So if those if are the mistakes you make and you're paying attention to a politician, you'll forgive him for that. But he needs to attract people to like him and doing that isn't going to get any attention. Yeah. You're not going to, you can't him and haw on that and, yeah. and you know, attempt to attract voters that way. Yeah. Nobody's going to buy that. Nobody right. wants that. Right. Uh, you want to hear Ron DeSantis talking about third world countries? We're going to go after these third world countries uh, that have oh. become hotbeds of anti-Semitism. Whoa. We're going to go. What? <laughs> See, yeah, I don't know. What? I which don't... third world country is he speaking of? I actually exactly. don't know. Um, it, it's just weird to hear him talk about foreign policy. Like, yeah, he's not I, good at it. What have you heard him say about foreign policy? And this is what Nothing. I hear. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go after... Th- what does that Third mean? world countries that have been hotbeds of anti-Semitism. I don't know, man. Serbia? I'm not sure. 
I mean, we're gonna what are we go after it? We're gonna drop uh, nukes. What are we doing? Uh, we're not gonna. So don't worry. Oh, we're oh. not gonna. Oh, good. We're gonna. I don't know, man. Something tells me he's getting some people's vote because of that. Um, oh, this just happened today. This happened today. This is Trump. Uh, you mentioned Chris Christie. So here's some mm-hmm. Trump on Chris Christie crime. Did you no. see this? No. 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 Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's actually funny. Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. You, you know there is no person he's talking to, right? Of course not. But You can't do that. So now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it, okay? We want to be very civil, right? That sounds like the guy on Saturday Night Live. He comes on Brado's show. Um, he does the... the, the Trump impression on Saturday Night Live. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, we're not gonna okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, so, that's the, the latest. Okay, the that's thing it, with Trump is he is a showman. He can improvise in front of thousands of people and be funny and be engaging and be charismatic. And I get that. I get that people oh, enjoy yeah. it. I get that people like the own the libs kind of stuff. Yeah. But man, you just have to look at everything else. Right. Like, you can't be blinded to the rest of it. I can't get over the fact that he's calling someone fat. We've seen the tennis <laughs> pictures. Like you've seen that plump dumper, right? Like also oh, that man. Also that but like, he looks the... like he has diapers. That's where the diaper Dawn came it, from. Was yeah. the but I mean what what? Uh, oh oh, she was at Mia Jackson. She said that he's got the the lady from the Facts of Life booty. That was a very funny clip. Yeah, you have to admit. yeah, that, that was, was very was, funny. Yeah. Uh, we're not calling him fat uh sir <laughs> sir you're not allowed to say that that's pretty funny it's pretty funny um so after the indictment dropped joe biden shared this post so you'll have to describe it so he's sitting at a table got a cup p- of coffee picking up a mug cup of joe. yeah a cup of joe with him on it is that the dark brandon meme it is brandon. alan wait i like my coffee dark ah <laughs> Yeah, he sets down a dark Brandon meme. Yeah, so he takes a sip of the coffee and then sets down the mug, and his camera zooms in on it, and you can see the. the it's meme got the thing. laser eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they gave him the name, right? They didn't. You made they, me. I made you. <laughs> you made me. Uh, I call that. I call that because of the coffee. I call it dark Kofefe. because that was Kofefe, right? He was trying to spell coffee, right? I'm not entirely sure what I'm he was sure trying either. to spell. Kofefe is a weird thing. Like Kofefe gets it's forgotten very about. Thing. Yeah. Uh, this also we're happened. We're talking but, about that in a decade, and nobody's going to know any uh, yeah, have any idea what yeah, we're talking no, about. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, I haven't heard this yet, but I saw it come across on um, Twitter. I'm not calling it X, even if there's a fire. The, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, the uh, X. Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> I do X have this. I'm a wolf in sheep clothing. Knock, knock. Open up the door. It's real. Exco delivered to you. There it is. Sorry. Um, but it's Twitter. Anyways, uh, Joe Brandon was at the Grand Canyon, and he called it one of the nine wonders of the world. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders. Wonders of the world. Literally. Think of that. Literally. No, Literally think of that. No, it's amazing. I, I think while you up. said it, he might have actually said some of those words. Uh, yeah, they got him there. You know, he's a fucking idiot. I mean... <laughs> Uh, one of the Earth's nine wonders. Does it matter when, like, what what number mattered, right? Like, the seven, seven. wonders is written down by people they thought they'd seen everything, right? 
Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Right. Yes, um, the library at Alexandria. Yeah, it's it isn't it one of the seven wonders of the world though. Yes, it is. seven natural wonders of the world. Yeah, but nine. Seven. Seven's seven, a ma- better nine. number, anyways. Not six. Six. Six sun. Six squirrels. Swinging around a branch, eating sunflowers That's on my grandpa's ranch. Number, yeah. Oh, that comes up. Have you been looking at the notes? <laughs> I may have perused. Oh, don't peruse. <sighs> the listeners, uh, in case you forget, peruse means the opposite of what you think. It means to like take like a detailed look at something. Somehow that got crossed. Uh, I was listening to the skeptics guide. I think this counts when we're talking about making fun of the left. Uh, she says something about. She was doing, oh, oh, she was talking about, I don't know how well this comes in the beginning of the audio. So she's talking about how she went to one of those places where like you paint your pottery and stuff like that. And one of the other hosts is like, oh, like, you know, like a build a bear thing. She's like, no, no, it's for adults, you know, and she starts to describe what themes of this pottery painting makes it an adult party. And I'm suspicious. You know, those like paint and party or like color me mine kind of places. Do you guys have anything like that where you paint no. the pot? The pottery's already made, but you paint it and then they gl- and glaze it and then they fire it for you. No, I know but, of what you speak. Yeah, but I've not done it. There's a place like that close yeah. to my house in LA that was like an adult, like a grown-up version where it was all cool stuff, like robots and dinosaurs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, not kids and, stuff. It was all grown-up stuff, like robots, robots and dinosaurs. And dinosaurs. <laughs> Fucking, it's perfectly adult. Oh, uh, she also talks about how like now she's just always talking about how she doesn't drive, but she has an electric truck, and just I, I get so upset with her. But then I also hear them talk about how all their hateful emails are for people that hate Kara. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I like Kara. <laughs> she just annoys me. Like, no, 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 don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to be that. Uh, it's tough, man. Like I said, you know, don't. It's hard to keep the same thought process all day. Mm. Um, Bidenomics. So yes. I was listening to the Daily, the New York Times. I think that fits here in making fun of the left. So they had a whole bit about uh, Bidenomics, and they kind of said my point. So I put this here because if you'll recall. If you asked the White House folks, my that- point was, hey, if you're gonna come up with this phrase Bidenomics you're really gambling that the economy is going to be good next November. And just like the price of gas could change all of that. Like it's just, and, and the Saudis will do that. Like don't, (laughs) (laughs) Iran will do that. So the, uh, like they like Trump, but anyways, you get me. Um, so this is them talking about Bidenomics and here. And that, I think, is the sort of you-break-it-you-buy-it risk to all this, right? Like, Bidenomics is, at its core, the president and his team picking their moment to convey to voters, actually, yes, this is Joe Biden's economy. Yes, I do own it. I own its outcomes. And I believe the outcomes are great and you should like it. But man, if if we do fall into recession, if inflation does spike again, if people aren't feeling that improvement a year from now, as the election bears down, that will be a very difficult thing to pull off for Joe Biden because he will have said this is Bidenomics and he will be open. There's just so many words to say what I said. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a roll of the dice, obviously, but they believe that it's worth it. Um, Is it worth it? Let let, Let me work it. Is that it? Yes. Thing down. Flippified. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. Obviously, if if things go wrong, this would be the read my lips, no new taxes kind of mistake, right? <laughs> Not gonna do it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think you know they they have pretty good economic forecasters, but I mean, to to things. this point, to this point, and I'm not one to give a lot of credit to the man. To this point, he seems to have pulled off the attempt. We'll see how it truly does yeah. land. But 
look here, because here's the issue. You overheat the, I mean, here, if you've listened to none taken while Alan was saying that the inflation is transitory, I was like, mm-hmm. first of all, we don't call it that anymore. But, uh, second of all, <laughs> all right, you get it. Just making sure. Um, so Alan said that it's transitory, and I said it's hateful, and then I said... What <laughs> no, I you saying? didn't say it was hateful. Oh, I said they're going to overheat the economy by putting too much money into the system. And that's exactly what happened, and the inflation kept going. But they intervened the way that the Fed is designed to do. I don't care for the Fed. However, this is, so far, textbook how that's supposed to work. It's only textbook how it's supposed to work because the Fed fucks this whole thing up to begin with. But if you are going to have a central bank, you better damn well raise rates when shit like this is happening. So these, they, this are, these are the formulas you follow if you're going to attempt to manipulate your economy in the way that we do. I've got problems with the fact that we do that. I'm just saying they've done it well so far. So they overheated the economy. They cooled it down by raising rates all at a pace that to this point has avoided a recession, which is typically, typically people like me get mad because I say, when you go and fuck around with the rates, you end up doing it too much too quickly. It causes a recession. And that's way worse than if you would have just never done any of this in the first place. And we had a little bit of a bust based on market failures. My good. Can you take over? Yeah. I mean, I, I did think that inflation was transitory. Um, there were a lot of reasons for inflation to be as high as it was Stop giving coming, excuses. Out of, coming out of COVID. Uh, I, I do think that they have sort of threaded the needle up to this point. To this point. Uh, I definitely thought that it was more likely than not that we would be in a recession um, at this point after all these rate hikes. Um, you know, it's hard to know how hard to press on the brakes to slow this thing down without going in reverse right and there's no Um, we're like as a as a species we're really bad at counterfactuals right so we can't visualize what it could have been also mm -hmm. like what what it would have been if none of these interventions took place because we know that it was going up how bad could it have been we just think about how bad things have been with the current inflation we've experienced correct um but i mean so what we're seeing so far is the, the job market stayed pretty solid um Unemployment's not that bad, and inflation has come down to we're in, you know three percent area. Um, so some of those job yeah. numbers are bullshit, though. He's like, we've hired so many more people since I've been president. It's like everybody quit before you got hired. Like, but they have gotten to the point where even if you take those numbers out of it, it's still really impressive. Yeah. Did you see yeah. that the uh, UPS drivers renegotiated their contract and like no. a full time UPS driver is supposed to make like a hundred and seventy thousand dollars? Hey, everybody wins. That's good. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. No strike. I People lo- got what they wanted. The company fucking settled. You know they could have gave more. You know those fucks could have gave more. I love my UPS driver. They're great. Yeah, I know, right? What can Brown do for you, Alan? Uh, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Can I play some clips? Speaking of Brown, can I play a clip of Kamala Harris? Oh, yeah, sorry. That was a bad transition. <laughs> well, you want to listen to Kamala Harris laugh uncontrollably? One young innovator who was talking about how... He was setting up this company to actually work on electric vehicles and electric batteries. And I said, well, tell me about the people who are working with you. And he said, well, they're, uh, we, we refer to them as technicians. I said, you mean mechanics? <laughs> That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Nobody laughed. She's like full. F- I mean, you saw that, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, do you I mean, mean mechanics? <laughs> I can't tell if she's being demeaning. I can't tell if she's being condescending about that. I can't tell if she's saying, you mean technicians means mechanics in this new age. I can't make sense of her. Like politicians are supposed to communicate in a way that 
I'm not trying to do this. I like I, we're going to like I think when we get to the January 6th stuff, I'm going to talk about Mike Pence a little bit more. And if I have a point, it's going to be that the vice president's whole fucking job is ceremonial to the extent that the founding fathers were like, can we just make up some more things for them to do? And they're like, nope, preside over the Senate. <laughs> Be the next in line. That wasn't even until recently. It was just preside over the Senate. Remember uh, Bill, Bill Burr? Aaron Burr shot a guy, and then he went and fled to D.C. because they didn't have extradition in New Jersey. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll do my one job, because if not, I don't make any money. My job is uh, presiding over the Senate. And they had to oversee a judge being impeached. It's like when uh, Gavin Newsom uh, got lieutenant governor under Willie Brown, and he's started trying to do some stuff, and he got, he got the leash pulled on him. He's like, oh, my bad. I didn't know this was... This position, basically, you don't do anything at all. <laughs> you just kind of sit in an office with your name on the on the desk. Is, did he say um, that? Pretty much, yes. Do you know who else was under Willie Brown? And I wonder if I'll, she I'll ever wear. had the leash pulled on her. And as the name suggests, <laughs> community <laughs> banks are in the community. And as the did you, oh. what, the, what insight? What amazing insight. Hold on. If you, if you blink, you miss it. name suggests, community banks... Okay. Are in the oh, they're in the community. They're in the community. As as the name it's suggests. As, well, I should have known. Yeah, I know she like, but you know, I think it'd be obvious. She's a storyteller. She kind of brings you along. Right. And yeah, yeah. So that's true, right? It was her and Willie Brown. That is that is so yes. gross. Like you know what what uh, Shakespeare is it where he calls it the beast with two backs? <laughs> is that Shakespeare? Yeah. Oh, you I know from know Don and Mike, don't you? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Shakespeare. Um, and so, like, when I hear The Beast with Two Backs, I visualize Kamala Harris and Willie Brown. Oh, God. Listeners, Google Willie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> or it's another battle in the culture wars. Oh, not the culture wars. They're worried about a culture war. Culture wars. Stop with the culture wars. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, speaking of the culture wars, I got a clip here that my only note is, look what it does to your brain. So this is a woman, Alan. You can see the video. Why don't you describe it to the listeners? I'll, ma- I'll make it bigger. Oh, that's not much better. Here we go. Uh, she appears to have something on her face. Uh, so the person, the person recording says, you're a horrible person. She just goes, you're a horrible person. You're right, Alan. I believe she smeared some chocolate around on her face. Or it might be salt tanning. Yeah. You're literally doing blackface. Thank yeah. me later. In the middle yeah. of the store. Thank yeah. me Pastor later. Holt did whiteface. Nobody said shit. <laughs> Where's Wait, your what? pride section? I need to know. She's at Target. So she's Where's at your... Target wearing blackface, asking where the pride section is. What look what fuck? look what this does to you. Do not do not let yourself fall victim to this nonsense. Jesus. Jesus said shit. Where's your pride section? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> this is worse than Karen. Oh, I thought they were celebrating this and they took our flag forever. No, I was wrong. Our My flag. Dad. Did she think wow. that the pride flag went up instead of local, state, I... country? Don't shop at Target. She said that's why I don't shop at Target while she's at Target with a basket. <laughs> And she's wearing a red shirt. Yeah, she she looks like she fucking boomer the says. craziest thing I've ever seen in my whole The craziest life. thing is when she tries to make it look cool, she's like, post it on my Facebook. Blow me my up, Tom. Like <laughs> my friends like it. <laughs> Dude. Wow. Uh, this is what it does to your brain, man. So it does yeah, to get in there. It gives you brain worms. worms. Yep. Yep. Uh, I got a school board meeting in Texas, the young Thrashenstein These sent. These are always fun. Yeah, I know. Get ready. Actually, this is a good one. Random good people one. with no education background or experience determining... 
Music sucks. She's got a point. Some of these culture wars ones are people like us trying to be like, come on, guys. Come come on. What books my child can read, what curriculum they learn, and what clubs they can join. Just because you can get up at every meeting and rant and rave does not give you authority over my child's education. That's why I was saying that I think we're at peak culture war because people don't know that they need to go up and say these things to counter it. It's intuitive that the craziest people in the room aren't going to go up and talk and motivate the marginal people to join them. It's intuitive to think that everyone sitting next to you is not being inspired by the craziest people. But what happens when those craziest people go up and go up and go up and get amplified, their voices get amplified, some of them become senators. Uh, I mean, shit, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, he was at a rap five years ago, he was at a, um, a community um, council What's that called? Uh, and he gave some speech in city front of council. a camera, city council, and then he ran, and now he's the lieutenant governor. Like, it fucking works that way. But the average person is like, this is absurd. These people are not to be taken seriously. And right. But you don't realize they are getting to a lot of the people around you. And now, years later, we start to develop tactics of like, hey, 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 I didn't know I had to say this. But listen to what she's saying effectively. Your personal religious beliefs, people in this room and on this board, should not be affecting my child's education either. Our schools are not to be used for personal political agendas, and our children are here for education, not religious indoctrination. Now, even if you think that that's the common belief of your local area, that's not the point of having public schools. Like, we wrote this shit down for a reason. Like, it... It, you, you are there to protect individual rights, not to protect what you per- perceive as traditional values, because traditional fl- values can fluctuate. But if you preserve individual rights and people can always have the ability to choose those things, you can't take that away from people. And, 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 and I know you're doing it for good intentions because you're afraid of what can come from bad thoughts, but you can't let people not make those mistakes and come out of them. Yeah, but I think you're right about the, the point that you made that the, <clears throat> the people often that are heard um, at city council meetings, at school board meetings, et cetera, are the people like that lady in Target. Right. You know, the people who are so motivated to convey their message or, you know, make something happen that they're just willing to go over the top to do it. While your average citizen probably, you know, they don't even necessarily know what's happening. Just they're put just it this way. We're making fun of Facebook, but what video on Facebook is more likely to get 10,000 views? A woman saying something crazy like that, where she connects to one other person and then that person goes out into their community and actually tries to like change the minds of the people around them or the person that says something rational that you would expect most people to believe. The the first one. A hundred percent. I implore the board to put an end to trying to appease these extremists, focus on retaining staff, providing excellent public education and a safe and welcoming learning space for all students there's there is a little bit more but you know what what this reminds me of is that we had this comedian clip on the show like about a month ago where he talks about he says like oh why do you why do you care about politics i don't care about politics then he goes through like every (laughs) everything you could be uh oh you don't have kids in school oh you don't buy groceries oh you don't like have a car payment or a mortgage or pay rent right like obviously it's so easy, though, to just ignore all this stuff and say it's all bullshit. I'm just going to live my life, right? The problem that's, is that if that's you're not the easy involved, answer. Being cynical is the easy answer. It takes yes. effort to have hope. I took yes. that from Buzz Burbank. Like it, it, it takes effort to have hope for a better future. It's so Absolutely. easy. We get on here and we're plenty cynical, and I have to fight that constantly because I'm like, that's not going to be an entertaining show. 
Like it just right. like it's easy. Anyone can get on a mic and say like, well, this is all dumb. The left and the right are stupid. No, we play both of them and show you the best of their dumb shit. <laughs> right. We highlight the culture wars. All right. Here we go. Oh, oh this is um, I was listening to the intelligence. I don't know. Do I need to set this up? Uh, oh, Moms for Liberty. Did you listen to this okay. episode about Moms for Liberty? I've actually yes. fast forward through most of it because it was so like predictable. I was like, okay, uh, you know, I, I, I get it, but I'm familiar with this stuff. Um, I think I have some thoughts after this clip's over. It's only about 15 seconds. So what, this is one of the moms who is uh, one of the organizers of Moms for Liberty and um, kind of gives you some insight into the mind. Convinced of some more outlandish ideas. She thinks that leftists are purposely introducing the devil's number into her children's homework. You see this number 666 all over the homework of your kids. They did it in purpose. In purpose. So Alan had been perusing, so that didn't really surprise him. But yeah. Um, Would you describe her as a useful idiot for a politician? I would. Yes. Um, Let me play this. I can't hear it. It definitely could. But despite the... Movement's crazy rise in recent years, a CBS News poll from 2022 suggests that 85% of Americans actually oppose banning books that contain political ideas that they disagree with. And this past spring, only one-third of the school board candidates that Moms for Liberty endorsed won their seats. Whipping up maternal fervor may help Republican politicians in their primaries, but an allegiance to Moms for Liberty could really hurt them in the general election. So my takeaway thoughts while I was listening to that are that you know, useful idiots are good for skilled, like tactician, tactical politicians, right? Mm-hmm. But when instead we have just the lowest common denominator politicians use them, like the people we describe, the the extremists that become popular, right? Because it's easy to leverage, and uh, you can really stand out if you're very vibrant, let's say. Uh, so, so useful idiots are a thing. Well, actually, what are useful idiots? Like I'm using those words. Maybe people don't like, I'm sure most people get it, but you, you describe things better. So back during the Soviet Union times, they called these people useful idiots, people who were sort of of the intelligence, intelligentsia class who believed that the Soviet had gotten communism right um, and were willing to talk about it in public. Basically um, middling IQs, right? Like just yeah. smart enough to be like, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Like someone so who this, in his early 20s was a neocon. Right. And what? so the Soviets would, would you know, give them a platform because the things that they were saying were good for their regime, even though it was entirely bullshit, ignored a, a lot of the failings of the Soviet government, right, including right. Stalin killing millions and millions of people. So useful idiots are effective for skilled politicians but when our politicians don't go through any rigor to get there they just get popular online and then people vote for them because of the way our system is they end up attaching their brand to these useful idiots they themselves being too stupid to realize that when those (laughs) useful idiots are exposed for who they are you're supposed to be able to burn them but when you attach your brand to being supported by those people um it ends up tanking your campaign in the long run. So let me, let me play this. I think that kind of oh, already said that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, so that's what they're saying in primaries. It's effective, but once you get to a general competition and the other side is like, hi, I have policies. What do you think about this? I think it might make your life better. You're like, shit, that actually does sound like maybe I'll vote. And that's how people vote for Democrats, <laughs> like, <laughs> except for New York, they vote for AOC, but you, <laughs> well, I mean, so I think this ties into this this conversation is that we have the example of what happened in West Virginia with uh, Yunkin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the the school boards, they were going crazy. Is it West Virginia or just Virginia? Um, Virginia. Yeah, just Virginia. Um, 
the school boards were going crazy. Um, that county where Spiewak lives, actually, what was that? Was that county? Loudon, Loudon County. Yeah. Um, they had these crazy school board meetings where these people were just going off. They Why do were... I know counties in Virginia? We listened to way too much Don and Mike. <laughs> we did. Um, that, so, and he used that as a, a way to propel himself into the yes. governorship. Yeah. And his opponent said parents shouldn't have the the ability to ban books, essentially. And he used that as saying, you're saying parents shouldn't be able to control what their kids have access to and access to read, which is not what he was saying. Um, but he effectively used that to propel himself in, into being the governor of Virginia. That That's the same thing that's, that we're seeing happening here with these uh, moms for was it moms for freedom or mm-hmm. yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing, right? It's, it's they're they're taking issues and, and putting them out of proportion for what's actually happening. Yeah. It doesn't they're reflect saying, reality, but it's enticing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, as I've said many times here, I do not plan this very well. I <laughs> accident, I was, I opened up reels to look for a short video of Kamala and mm-hmm. the like, Splash page on Reels was a Jordan Klepper clip, and I was like, "Well, you know me so well on YouTube." Uh, <laughs> so, this is unintentional in terms of the conversations that we've started based on the stuff that I brought here, but it does kind of tie the room together. I was talking to this woman, and she said, "Like he's innocent. He's completely innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. If he was trying to do, if you, if he did something wrong, he'd be trying to hide it." Trump. I was like, "Well, if he was stopping people from testifying, that would be an admission of guilt, right?" And she said, "Of course, of course." And then I told her, "I was like." He is blocking people from testifying. And she takes this very long beat. She thinks about it. And she says, I don't care. (laughs) She was being completely honest in that moment. And she's right. Like, so much of this, we're like, oh, but maybe I could convince that person that they could care if there was that one thing. And I read something recently that said, like, you know, uh, we can have debates about what you want. That's politics. I want this. I want that. Let's meet somewhere in the middle. That's politics. Uh, when your politics becomes who you are, we can't debate that. I was talking. So this is what we've been talking about, man. Like we've got yeah. an answer. We got an answer to what we've been talking about. And it's what we've been doing, I think. But it's, it's so distilled there. Like divest yourself from your political identity and focus on what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And if you can do yeah. that then you can go into every interaction and not be manipulated and you can maintain your personal integrity, which should fucking matter to you. Right? Like, yeah. So when politics becomes your identity, you can no longer divorce yourself from it. You can no longer see things. Um, clearly you can no longer make decisions that are based on logic and reality because that's become who you are. I would compare that to, um, you know, some people that I, I grew up with on the religious right who just like that, that is their identity. That's who they are. And there wouldn't, is nothing. Wouldn't you compare you can... it to a lot of people on the left too, in the same sure, way? Sure. Yeah, sure. So yeah. So instead definitely... of religion, it's, you know, the belief in the almighty institutions of, uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. I I'm definitely, so I don't want to say there's only people on the right that have this. Um, there are definitely, people I'm, I'm not that... trying to make you both sides either. I'm just right. trying to say that like, but... That because because if you listen to the Michael Malices of the world, you know it's the cathedral is the whole academic institution, and they've got the everything lined up up and down to to reinforce it. Yeah, I, I think that um, people can be consumed with anything and make that their identity. And once that happens to you or happens to a person, it's very difficult to see any other side of the equation than the one that you've already 
established. It's cognitive bias, right? It's, yeah. It's, you're going to only pay attention to things that reinforce what you already believe. Uh, anything that doesn't, you know, fit in your worldview, you're just going to eject it. You're not even going to give it. You know, it's not fair. I put you on your back heel because you were using the right as an example. And I was like, well, the left does it too. But your point was comparing it to religious beliefs is what locks you into not being able to change your opinion and being flexible. Right. Yeah. So like just divest yourself from your identity, your political identity and focus on what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. I mean, if you read, um, the woman who was part of the Westboro Baptist Church that yeah. got out of it. Yeah, she was interviewed with Sam Harris talking yeah. about how, yeah. And she talks about how difficult that was for her because as part of that community that I would call it a cult, but that community, it, it was You mean the guys that, that yell was, God hates yeah. F-words, flags at, yeah. at veteran um, um, funer- memorial funeral, funerals? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not a cult. And how, how hard it was to exit that worldview because it was everything that she was it was everything that she knew um i totally get that it's it's a very once you're ensconced in that kind of situation that kind of environment it's very difficult to escape it and see any other way any other viewpoint any other perspective um it takes a lot to get there well i don't have anything better to say than what you just said so let's transition out of our culture wars into little bit of a, and I think it's a good way to leave the culture wars is a yeah. solution, right? Pro, uh, solutions yeah. oriented. That's us here. Absolutely. None taken. Um, <laughs> I got a couple of Peter Zion clips that I want to play today. So I'm putting us into that and there goes doing an hour and 45 minute show. on. <laughs> hey, you know what? Last week he got indicted right before the show. This is where we got a lot more details. We haven't this even got to it. Listeners, if you want it to be a short show and you don't want to hear about Trump being indicted, don't listen to pretty much the next, like listen to the next five minutes. And then and we got China coming up and then we're doing that. Anyways, Peter Zion, geopolitical strategist, talking about um, North Korea, bad Korea, as uh, we like to call it. The single biggest misconception in the United States is that uh, this is a client state of China. And it is not. Uh, it's probably safe to say that the uh, North Koreans actually hate the Chinese more than anyone else. Uh, they see them as overbearing and dictatorial, and Chairman uh, Xi is particularly loathed by the upper leadership within North Korea. Now, of course, that is the Kim Dynasty. Now, uh, starting from the beginning, the understanding of the intelligence community, and this isn't just the United States, this is Russia, China, France, Britain, Japan, everybody, uh, South Korea as well, is that uh, the original leader of North Korea, Kim Il-sung, the guy who fought the Japanese in World War uh, is that he was killed by his own people back in 1993. Did you know that? A few days- no, I don't think I did. I'd never heard that before either. Uh, the Soviet system had just collapsed, and Kim Il-sung knew that a statist, communist, dictatorial system was not long for this world. So he was looking for something new. And his army folks, who you know would have lost all their position, uh, had him killed. Uh, Kim Jong-il is the second leader. That was the son of Kim. Um, God, fuck you, Hans Blix, that guy. He was raised in North Korea. He was raised <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid. He, the dude was batshit crazy. And when he took over, the first generation army leaders that had killed his father were like, whoa, this is not what we meant. Uh, and his whole generation was like that. They were all raised on the ideology and not educated in any meaningful way. And so Kim Il-sung, when he took over the agricultural system, you know, he killed two million people with a famine in a country that only had like 20. This is some serious North Korea knowledge, right? Yeah, that's pretty well. Third generation. Kim Jong-un. This blew my mind, too. Chubby guy who rules rules the place now. And (laughs) 
sends them abroad to learn how the world really works. And Kim Jong-un specifically uh, was sent to Switzerland. Now, the plan was that the first generation would rule until they died, and then the third generation would come back and take the country into a new age. That way, the first generation would get the gravitas and history, and yet they would maintain their wealth and their position uh, for a lot longer. The problem is that Kim Jong-il, generation number two, died early, and so Kim Jong-un, in his mid-twenties, was brought back to take over. So he was threading the needle between these two powerful groups who were not afraid of violence at all, and so what he did was uh, placate the first generation with placate. really, really bellicose rhetoric that <laughs> was just cr sounded crazy, uh, but didn't back it up with actually any changes in policy. It's placate, right? It's placate, okay. yes. Uh, and for the second generation, every time he had the opportunity, he assassinated one of them. So one of them got killed with chemical weapons when he was traveling abroad. Oh, this next one one's was good. accidentally hit with an anti-aircraft gun during a break, <laughs> Oops. that sort of thing. Well, ten years later, most of the first generation is retiring and dying off, so problem taken care of, and most of the second generation is now dead. Uh, but during this process, we had a change in administration in the United States with Donald Trump coming in. And that first step of Kim Jong-un's strategy, the bellicose rhetoric, uh, Trump, of course, thought it was all about him. So when, <laughs> <laughs> so when Kim Jong-un was like, oh, I've got a button and a nuclear weapon, and Trump is like, sees this on Twitter, and he goes back, he's like, oh, I've got a bigger button. Happened. Uh, and Kim Jong-un <laughs> definitely happened. Because he was like, whoa, this was totally not about the United States. This is a domestic issue. Uh, calms down, sends some very soothing messages, and Trump thinks that he just talked down a crazy dictator. And that set the stage for the summit. Now, the Chinese were furious, because while the United States, or let me rephrase that, a lot of Americans think of North Korea as just a puppet of, of China. China absolutely thinks of North Korea as its puppet. The North Koreans strongly disagree. So Kim Jong-un was summoned to speak with Xi, and when it became apparent that uh, Kim Jong-un couldn't be talked out of the summit, uh, Xi got in his big imperial chair. Remember, Xi is like two foot tall. Uh, so he was <laughs> taller, and he could lecture down at the Weywood province. They put uh, Kim Jong-un in one of those little tiny baby chairs that you have at, like, kindergartens. Uh, and they played that for state propaganda, and the Chinese ate it up, and Kim Jong-un was furious. So when he got back into his train, he was going home. He was like, we're never talking to these bastards again. I never heard any of this. Same. <laughs> Same. So it's on. And then it happened. So he so wait wait so after he got lectured by C because you, I do remember there was that whole train going back and forth to Beijing right I do remember that I do remember the you know the talks with Trump and Trump saying right, he's but, really nice dude but but but, 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 the, but what he's saying that. is that C uh, uh, Un came to the leader of North Korea came back to North Korea after that demeaning meeting where C sat in his high chair and made him sit in mm -hmm. the stool i mean high chair is a bad example for the he's sitting in his throne while he's in the high chair and he came back and said call trump we're putting the peace talks together fuck that guy breakthrough in relations and this was you know relatively early in the trump administration and i got really excited because you know maybe there is something me to too this trumpism uh maybe he can break out of oh i said if he if he if he frees the people of north korea it's a 100 percent win vacation in american foreign policy and it was very very promising i even have the coin from the summit <laughs> and that was it, because it was still Trump, and he never thought about North Korea ever again. And yeah, so, it was a little bit more than that. It was John Bolton, and they told them that they had to do a bunch of extra bullshit, and they're like, this is not in the deal. And they're like, fine, mm. fuck it. We're, 
yeah, yeah. opportunity had passed. In the years since, Kim Jong-un is now finding his way for the first time. He has no meaningful advisors except for people of his own generation, which have just as little experience in he, as he has. And remember, his generation were the people that were sent around the world to try to get that education and then come back, except that got stunted and they had to bring him on board before that was completed. So he's not he's getting dog shit advice. Because his father died uh, earlier. Yes. Yeah. North Koreans don't get along with the Chinese or the Russians or the Japanese, and so they're always looking for little bits of leverage here and there, but they are very, very, very open to a broad deal with the United States and South Korea. Uh, an interesting- I don't know. He's got a bunch of speculation from the end there. I don't, do you remember anything at the end that was worthwhile? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I kind of just summarized. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really fascinating to me that all those details about the the history there that I really wasn't as aware of. Yeah, it's weird. I know that he likes the Bulls, and he had <laughs> he, he had fucking Dennis Rodman yeah. come over and play basketball yeah. for him. I didn't know this, which seems no. like a lot more useful information. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like the whole reason that that existed. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he seems optimistic that they could be willing to settle things, but this is their rhetoric that they need to put on. I don't. I mean, and this is all in the context of. He says North Korea and Russia hates each other. North Korea just hacked Russia uh, today, yesterday, right? I did see that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, and North Korea just reopened kind of their trading partnerships with, mm-hmm. with Russia and China. Yeah. And they do that. It's mm. brick like strong. All right. Um, this is uh, – okay, so we're sticking with China now. This is China Insider with David Zhang, Z-H-A-N-G. Talking about, um, so last week, I don't think you were aware of it yet when I was talking about it on the headline show, the massive floodings in Beijing. You've seen it since then, right? I have. And around Beijing. And they've been accused of creating a moat system by opening the dams to preserve Beijing and flooding villagers and villages, small cities in the area outside Beijing. I mean, it is, yes, that's what you've heard? Yes. Okay. Same. Yes. You need to know in China right now, because of the flood situation, there is a massive protest happening in the province of Hebei. These people are seeking answers with the government as to why their cities have been used as flood discharge zones. Since the end of July, these two zones in teal color, they've been used to store water, essentially making the city itself flooded so that the areas in the purple can be protected from the heavy rain flood. Outside the major city. Particularly in Zhuzhou, which is now seen as just underwater, as you can see water level. But here, it's which- a real city. I mean, we're looking at real structures with nice, shiny, upkept yeah. finishes. So high that it's flooding water. People are going around on boats. Almost at the level of the gates. It looks like Katrina. There hasn't seemed to be a lot of rescue effort from the Chinese military and the government to assist. So here are people searching on their own boats to try to find any survivors. People on sea dews. And the area where the protest is happening, look at this. This is a view from the airplane window. All so the areas in covered brown, in water. They're only protesting. The situation is escalating be. because the government intentionally flooded the cities so that it can be sacrificed. You need to know in China right now. So Wei keeps sending me shit saying, you know, the people in China are very superstitious. And essentially, this shows them that they've lost the mandate of heaven. Yeah, I mean, with an authoritarian government like the one that's in place in China, as you said, the mandate of heaven is their their right to rule, right? So you're hearing that, too? That's not just Wei trying to indoctrinate me? 
Oh, yeah, but so so sometimes I wonder, so, man. That guy's on top of everything. He knows a lot too much about guns in a country like that. Probably, the contract with the the people. He's my, he's my internet fed. <laughs> the unwritten contract with the people is that you give us ultimate power um, over everything, and we in turn provide you with a better life right. than you would have had otherwise. Right. We provide your kids with a better life than you had. You know, we continue to you know to move forward, make strides. And then if you can't deliver on that, then you have a real problem, especially if you're impacting masses of people as this flooding is. Um, this is the kind of thing that can bring down a regime. I'm not saying that's what, what's right. going to happen in no, China. But it's not but off the table. It's certainly not helping. Uh-huh. Um, stacked on top of everything, the way they fucked up COVID. Their um, uh, job numbers, the youth unemployment, job numbers, the, the demographics, demographics inversion. All of that. Everything is just another another straw on the camel's back and at some point it's going to break. Yeah. It, it seems so. It seems so. Yeah. Uh, or they could counterfeit more American currency. No, that's North mm. Korea. Well, that's both of them. Um, isn't North Korea like the best counterfeiters of us currency in the world? I don't know that. No. I haven't, yeah. I haven't well, seen I made that. it. Maybe up. I would be pretty surprised. sure. Pretty sure. I know that, but, yeah. uh, I got, uh, let's, let's do a little bit. Let's move into, we, we don't always have a January 6th segment, but boy, do we, after the Trump administration, after Donald Trump gets indicted for January 6th. Eh? So, uh, <laughs> listeners, when you wondered why it's a long show, well, we got all the clips last week was a Tuesday Friday show isn't a clip show. And I don't bore you with old shit. This is, um, this is Michael Pennis. Um, this wasn't on his Sunday rounds, but this is, um, this is, this is late last week. So. Enough preamble. Be clear on this point. It wasn't just that they asked for a pause. Uh, the president uh, specifically asked me, and his gaggle of uh, of crackpot lawyers asked me. This sounds like somebody that is like a cooperative witness. <laughs> it really does. To literally reject votes, to, which would have resulted in uh, in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives, and literally chaos would have ensued. So, Cats and oh, dogs. Martha, I just uh, people people can read the indictment, and frankly, I, I, I've said before, I, I had hoped it had not come to this point. You know, I I don't know if the government can meet the standard, the burden of proof beyond reasonable doubt uh, for criminal charges, but the American people deserve to know. Uh, that President Trump uh, and his advisors uh, didn't just ask me to pause. They asked me to reject votes, return votes, essentially to overturn the election. Is this playing again? Uh, Yeah, I think maybe it did loop. Uh, And to keep faith with the oath that I made to the American people and to Almighty God, uh, I rejected that out of hand, and I did my duty that day. Let's be clear. Yeah. Um, You know what else that sounds like is somebody who could say no when asked if they would vote for Donald Trump again. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) son of a bitch. What the hell? Yeah, Pettis. Michael Pettis. Yeah. No. No. You're right. Let's dwell on this though as a concept, right? Like, so, so this is pivotal to the indictment that one of the things Donald Trump did that day was leverage Michael Pink. Mike Pence wasn't on purpose. <laughs> Mike Pence to reject. I mean, it's what he just said there. He, he, he said, you know, it wasn't just take a pause. It was to reject legal votes and replace them with non representations of the people's decision. Right. And right. when you do that, that's fraud. That's defrauding the people that voted. Yeah. One of the charges of the indictment is essentially that 
you were preventing people's votes from being accurately counting or attempting to. Why on earth would we have an entire, just, just, I'm asking all listeners of all of the whole spectrum of the none taken verse. What, why on earth would the people that wrote our constitution have the whole process created that we have? And then the day of counting it, it could all just come down to whether or not the vice president does it or not. Like, let's go back to the conversation from earlier. Like what powers did they have in the, in the constitution that they gave to the vice president? Fucking nothing. And they were like, can we just do more? Like, no, there's nothing more. This is just, it's a, and you know why? Because for a long time, the first vice presidents were the people that were the runners up in the president's. So it was, it was the competition. It was, it was, it would be, uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. That, right. that, that was like, oftentimes the vice president was the second place vote. Right. So wouldn't the second place vote just say, Oh, turns out can't certify this. I'm going to have to like, <laughs> do you follow me? Like I do follow you. Or it would be yep. a faction that would be sympathetic to that in the previous administration. Um, but like, as long as you're running for your second term, somebody would have done that before. And there's been two term presidents, Alan. It's not the first time this is good. Like there's been many. Yes. Yeah, it was just the fact, first most. time that the people that were at the gates were so fucking stupid that they let it get all the way to the vice president. And they're like, look, there's no other person except for this wizard that we put in front of this room to say what the numbers equal. And the wizard turns out to just be a guy wearing a hat and he's not willing to pretend like he's a wizard. <laughs> right. Yes, okay. that's because it was supposed to be entirely ceremonial. Yes, like, all, that's there wasn't supposed to be any actual like. No, it's a factless VP position. That's why we make fun of yeah. Kamala. She talks about school buses and all that kind of shit. She, the yeah. only, really, the only reason the VP is there is a to settle a tie break in the Senate yes. and b the next in line. happens to the president. Yeah, and they didn't even decide that's, that until like after Kennedy. They're like, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't. It was before Kennedy. But anyways, the succession wasn't settled for. In fact, the Probably. version it is now wasn't until after Kennedy, I believe, of where it was Secretary of State. Anyways, um, or mm, Speaker of the House. Third. Speaker of the House. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, do you want to hear Barr explain what a conspiracy is in the context of Trump's oh, indictment? Can't wait. This is pretty good. This is actually a short version of it, which is good because this is a long show challenging case but i don't i don't think it runs afoul of the first amendment and there's a lot of confusion about this out there and maybe i can crystallize it this involved uh, a situation where the states wait had- wait wait bill barr is the attorney general former, that, former attorney general the person that like handcrafted the rebuttal to the Mueller report and the, don't let's not forget the Mueller he report just, said we, the, synopsis the, the, the Mueller report said we do recommend that you that you that, that you should look into this more. And he said basically there was no charges filed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He just made a summary. Done. That's true. Eight pages. In good faith. Eight pages. Already so the guy made. that protected the president mm-hmm. can't fucking do it anymore. What? Just because he's tired? This guy was brought off the couch like the, this guy was the attorney general in the 90s. He retired. Trump brought him back. He like he owes the president, if anything, like this is someone that can't bring himself to agree with him. Yeah, this is the guy. I get that Trump can paint him as as being a, a bad, unloyal friend. But like he's like, dude, I owe you everything. I can't fucking do this. This is the guy that stood next to him when he was at that park with the Bible after they cleared out the protest. <laughs> is that your Bible, sir? <laughs> yeah. What did guy. he say? I don't remember. Oh, he said it's a Bible. It's a Bible. Uh, yeah. Is that your Bible, sir? It's a Bible. We can tell. <laughs> All right. So this is Bill Barr. 
the official and authoritative determination as to who won in those states, and they sent the votes and certified them to Congress. The allegation, essentially, by the government is that at that point, the president conspired entered into a, a plan, a scheme that involved a lot of deceit, the object of which was to erase those votes, to nullify those lawful votes. To disenfranchise people. Right. And there were a number of things that were alleged. One of them is that they tried to bully the state authorities to withdraw their certification by citing instances of fraud and what the uh, and, and what the indictment says is the stuff that they were spouting they knew was wrong and false so that's a conspiracy that's a conspiracy and that speech is not protected under speech okay this is not a question of what his subjective idea was as to whether he won or lost. They're saying what you were saying consistently, the stuff you were spouting, you knew was wrong. But it's not if that was all it was about, I would be concerned on First Amendment front. But they go beyond that. And the other elements were the substitution of bogus panels that were not uh, authorized panels to claim that they had alternative votes. And then they cut, and, and, and that was clearly wrong, and, 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 the, and the certifications they signed were false. But then pressuring the vice president to use that as a pretext to adopt the Trump votes and reject the Biden votes, or even to delay it. It really doesn't matter whether it's to delay it or to adopt it or to send it to the House of Representatives. You have to remember, a conspiracy crime is completed at the time it's agreed to and the first steps are taken. That's it. That's when the crime is complete from a, it's, it's certainly a so from from and that's and that's what we know that that's what the evidence that has been presented seems to clearly state is that those that that what he just said when the when the first steps are taken. Right. Yep. Yeah. We, we can see those steps being taken. We could see him calling Georgia, you know, um, secretary of state. We can see him talking to Mike Pence. We have all of that. We have, you know testimony from people who were there in the room um and we although he says it doesn't matter if it was a delay or not we just had pence saying in his own words that it wasn't just to delay right. he wanted him to change the electors right. or, or invalidate the electors but so so trump's case trump's lawyers are going to say that this is free speech still and and Barr kind of says he's like he can say what he wants but Free speech doesn't protect you from so you so you said it earlier. Things aren't protected from spe free speech. So free speech doesn't protect you from entering into a conspiracy. That's right. Free speech so doesn't it, protect you from um, committing fraud, right? Like if you're going to commit fraud, you're going to have to use speech, right? If you're going to commit right. a conspiracy, speech will have to take place, right? That that, that speech is involved in a crime. You're going to have to communicate with your fellow conspirators to enact, execute that conspiracy. Right. And that speech isn't just free speech that's protected under the First Amendment because free speech that that is a felony is, is not protected. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Free, free speech that enters a fraudulent conspiracy is not free speech. Well, it's just, it speech. doesn't make speech. it inadmissible. Right. Yeah. It doesn't what? It doesn't make it inadmissible. It doesn't. It doesn't make it okay. Right. Yeah, and you can examine it in court. Is what you mean by you that? You can examine it. You can yeah. offer it up. Right. As, so you as wouldn't dismiss reason. it as something to examine in court. Right. 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 Which is why they're having a trial. 
which is another thing. People are like, well, if you just convict him, then if he's so guilty, it's like, no, 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 no. You still have to have a trial. Like that's, I've seen a lot of people say that. They're like, oh, if he's so fucking guilty, why don't they just put him in prison? It's like, are you, are you, that's not how due process works. Okay. Um, it's frustrating out there, man. I'm glad you live in your fucking puppy dogs and <laughs> my lollipops world yeah um i got a video that i mean i you know i i can play you it it's it's just gonna sound like people confused at a doorway so it's a video that people should see more if anybody wants to see it i can send you a link to it um okay. do you know how those people are being charged in michigan as false electors yeah so it's what he was just talking about the panel of mm-hmm. people he referred to so these people in Michigan showed up where the vote was being counted that day as they the false, and they tried to get in and they're yeah. being told that they're not allowed to be there. And they're just like, well, you say that on record. He's like, I'm not saying it on record. I'm telling you as a fact, you're not a, to a security guard. Right. right. And it's just, yes. it's an awkward exchange. You can't, but I just, I want to give you a parallel. This would be like if the Browns showed up at the Super Bowl. which Super Bowl, any Super Bowl. <laughs> and we're like, you know, we should be the ones playing. They'd get laughed at at the door. That's that's right. what these fake voters are. Essentially, yes. The people of Cleveland sent the Browns to say, don't come back without a Super Bowl ring. And they raided the Super Bowl. And that's the capital. That was January 6th. Nailed it. We have um, alternative scores uh, for our, <laughs> yeah. our season. Yeah. And, it turns uh, out like Baker Mayfield was actually good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we wished he would like to get submit traded. into the record that we actually do qualify for the Super Bowl. <laughs> here we are. Imagine if Barack Obama put this scheme in place. God. I mean, they did. They did. What do you mean? They, their version of it was don't you put yourself back into late 2016 uh, in the first month, uh, the first few days of, excuse me, late 2015. No, late 2016, the first few days of 2017. There was all this. Dis- Dress over the fact that Trump won. It was a it was a it was a rift in reality, right? Like somebody this out of touch and um, this con man can't possibly uh, have have grifted us all over. And part of the ways that the Democrats were coping with that was by saying, "Well, what we can do is that in a lot of states, it's written down that you have to vote for whoever the majority election." the popular vote is, but a lot of the electoral votes in America, in some States can be whatever the elector wants to vote for. And so the democratic party wasn't pressuring anyone, but they sent out letters to all of those electors and said, just so you know, if you think that this man is someone that should never be near this level of power, you can vote for whoever you want to. And it turns out that didn't work. But uh, that was the that was the Democrat version of this. And that's how you do this. You say, you know, I'm not going to leverage anything. I'm going to tell you these are your options. I'm going to maybe give you a suggestion. But, um, yeah, that wasn't nothing came from it because it wasn't all these illegal things that Trump did. You might even think yeah. that's sleazy, but it wasn't it didn't cross the line that Trump crossed. I do recall this. Um, there are I think there's like one or two states where so most states is a winner take all. Right. So whoever the majority votes for all of their electoral votes go to that person. I, I want to say there's one or maybe two states where they actually do divide it up. So if they get like 56% to 43 or whatever, some of the electoral votes go to one person, other, some of the rest of them go to the, they, they can bo- vote for both. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember that being sent out. 
yeah they so essentially it was it was a similar kind of thing without all of the pressure without all of the just find me sixteen thousand seven hundred more yeah. votes or whatever it was um and i mean the evidence of that not being illegal is that trump was in office for the next four years with Barr as his AG, and they didn't bring any charges. Right, so. yeah, exactly. Um, I want to read you something from page uh, paragraph 63 of his indictment. Ooh, there we go. This so my thing. in the indictment, he said, this is, this is how the indictment is worded. On December 13th, the defendant, Trump, asked the senior campaign advisor an update on what was going on, in quotes, with the elector plan, what we talked about, and directed him to put out a statement uh, on electors. As a result, co-conspirator number one, Rudy, directed the senior camp... uh, Those are my tits, that guy. Uh, (laughs) He put out... He directed the senior campaign advisor to join a conference call with him. Uh, So on that conference call, co-conspirator number six and others... um, when the so let me let me skip through some of this. So there's a bunch of the co-conspirators. There's different heads of state that are on this call, and um, at at some point, the deputy campaign manager responds, "Here's the thing: the way this has morphed, it's a crazy play. So I don't know who wants to put their name on it." The senior advisor wrote, "Certifying illegal votes." In quote, certifying illegal votes is in quote. So in this call, they were referring to these alternate electors, the panels that Barr mentioned earlier, right? Mm-hmm. There's no ambiguity there what we're talking about. They referred to those in this call of everybody, all hands meeting as the illegal votes. And he was asking them who would put their name on certifying the illegal votes. In turn, the, partic- the participants in the group, uh, sorry, in turn, the participants in the group text messages, because they have a group chat, refused to have a statement regarding electors attributed to their name because none of them could stand by it. So could you say those in other words? So, I'm sorry. It was confusing? It was a little confusing, Okay, I can say it in other words. I thought it was confusing. So it's all, that was like conversational style legalese. That's decent legalese, but still legalese. Basically, there was a conference call and he said, um, we know this scheme, the play that we're going to run is crazy. Everything we've described with the two slates of electors and they described certifying illegal votes and they used that word. They called them illegal votes. They, they said, if Trump's going to get reelected, we're going to have to get these illegal votes certified. And they called it that in turn, everyone in the group text, they all refused to have a statement regarding those electors attributed to their name because none of them could quote stand by it. They didn't want their name on it. Yes. I was trying to look up. So this happened December thirteenth. When was the election officially called? Um, uh, it was before that. It was only like a week later. A week before. Yeah. So this is a week after everybody in the media, including Fox News, had already called the election for Biden when they had this conversation, saying that they were going to do this. And then nobody on that call was willing to stand by that because obviously nobody wants to say, have their name next to illegal. Votes. Okay. So what does that translate to? Cause we talk about this as a, as a conspiracy or they talk about it in the indictment as a conspiracy. We tend to agree with it. So what does this all translate to that? He, so it's freedom of speech or it's advice of counsel or it's that he was, it, it, so did, did he believe at the time? He believed it. Yeah. yeah. Did he believe at the time? So he's asking them to put their name on it because he believes in it. Right. That could be one line of defense. So either he believed in it or he was getting, he was trying to do something illegal, right? So if he was trying to do something illegal, should not be president, right? Correct. Okay. But if he believed it because he was so delusional, 
shouldn't that also disqualify him? Yes, and also there is a reasonable person standard wherein a reasonable person would or should have known what actually happened. But people have have used that defense in January 6th cases and it hasn't worked. We we have evidence of Bill Barr telling Trump that he lost. We have evidence of other people in his cabinet telling him the same thing. So he can say Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani told me. Right. Was, you know, and John Eastman. And John Eastman. Professor told John actually, Eastman. Told me I actually won. won. But the balance of that is all these other people that we have evidence of who told him, no, you didn't. And there is a reasonable person standard wherein you, you should. It doesn't known. seem like he would pass that test. It doesn't seem. Like but it so, but the thing is, okay, I just want to dwell on this. I'm sorry. Can we spend some time okay. here? Sure. We're talking about the cult now. Yes. Okay. So the people in the cult are the ones that are going to say he believed that he was, in other words, he was delusional. If you hear, Mm -hmm. if you ever hear someone say genuinely Trump believed this, you have to understand that that means he was delusional. He was believing Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani and John Eastman. (laughs) Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Yes. So either he was lying or he was delusional. You can't say he's lying. That makes him bad. So he was delusional. Mm Why? Why? Is that the person that you want to be the president? Like, if that's your defense, then why is that your guy? I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier in that once your politics become your identity, that you're, you're, you're cognitively biased to just support what you believe. You know what Trump derangement syndrome is? It's that. Yeah, it's the other side of that, though, right? God, it, I mean, I want to pull my hair out, but I'm not going to do that to myself. Like, it's so maddening. Like, I'm not saying I got the fucking answer to everything. I'm saying this one's pretty clear. Yeah. And How are I mean, this many people so delusional? And we're talking after two impeachments, three indictments. We have costing multiple I mean, elections, losing to Joe Biden. I mean, we even have people. So people like Tucker Carlson. losing a popularity contest to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Even people like Tucker Carlson, who Tucker. You know, obviously promoted this dude <laughs> Tucker. on his show, when we see the text messages saying, you know, that we got to get rid of this guy, he's terrible for the party, they can see that, or I imagine they can. But So even somebody who was so entrenched in, in their belief system behind the scenes to be saying things like that, and it still doesn't move the needle, man, that's yeah. a cult. Yeah, it is. Well, this leads to a very serious question in terms of what happens when Trump wins. Who on earth would work for him? Like, who, what, who is he going to staff these cabinet positions with? Like, the best of the house? That's fucking <laughs> Robespierre in the reign of terror. He's Matt Jacobins. Gates. It's the opposite of Jacobins. But yeah. Comer. And yeah, Holly. MTG, Holly. Oh um, I mean, so the, there are there's reporting out there saying that there are conservative think tanks that That's are right. working to have an agenda ready for him to pursue and if if and when he takes the White House back. So I'm sure they probably have candidates in mind as well. Um I, I guess the just the, a figurehead. I guess the hope on, on He's supposed to be the, the outsider and what you just described is him being the suit. Yeah. I guess the hope on that side of the aisle is that they get him back in power in the White House and this time he's effective because because he will allow people around him to actually use the apparatus of the state to accomplish goals, which I feel like that's the whole thing he was supposed to be against. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually that's ironic. Isn't it? All right. We are not going to play a lot of the other things that I thought we were going to have ample time for. 
Uh, let me describe what we don't have time for. I will not play Ziggler talking about, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play something. I've got got stuff about Ukraine. I really wanted to play. We don't have time for more Peter Zion. I think that North Korea stuff was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, Did you watch that? uh, That video I I sent you? What can you summarize it? It was about the flagship being, uh, you want to skip it entirely. Yeah, let's just... It'll come up in the headlines, right? We can always do it. Yeah, we can always talk about it. All right, cool. Well, then, in that case, Alan, why don't I ask Mm. you a question? Let's. Okay. I think I flagged one. It was a false flag operation. Uh, This is what I thought would end the show? (laughs) All right, fine. Can't wait. Uh, Well, I think I thought it would be a little bit more... um, Lighthearted, (laughs) fancy-free. But, uh, you know, I guess, you know, here we are anyways. Here we are. And here I am with a highlighted question to ask you. (laughs) Um, you know, it's too bad the big condoms are called Magnums already. Why? I just wish it was a funnier name. Like what? Well, I mean, I guess there's still a chance for like different like niche demographics to come up with their own versions. Mm-hmm. So like maybe the gays could come up with their own condoms for big oh. dicks. They could call it fruit by the foot. <laughs> is that, is that, it's not a fruit joke. It was the foot part. It was, and it was the, I wasn't calling gay people. That's not what I meant by that, but it was, uh. you get it, right? I get it. The problem is you don't want to eat it. Oh. <laughs> I say, buddy. Cheers. <laughs> when a guy's banging you. Y'all let me in his damn house. Oh, how about that? Come in the name of peace. L-M-F-A-O. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron? And if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. Cat turd. I will not suffer this harlot. <laughs> How great! An anti-American Marxist! Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. China is asshole! God bless the United States. <laughs> now this is podcasting.